This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Meldia Star of Famfrit, Miski Swiftpaw of Sargentanus, and Rin Umaro of Odin. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. And by Alamo City Comic Con, October 28th through the 30th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in sunny San Antonio, Texas. Alamo City Comic Con celebrates the artists that entertain us through TV, movies, comics, gaming, and cosplay. For more info, including badge prices, celebrity guests, hotel accommodations, and more, visit alamocitycomiccon.com. I've never had a girlfriend. Speaking of my penis! You want something done right? You gotta do it yourself. LimitBreakRadio.com Five, four, three, two, one! Welcome to Limit Break Radio, episode number 76. Glad to have you along for the ride today at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. We're here each and every single Sunday. We hope that you'll uh, continue to join us here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. If this is your first time hanging out with us, let us know in the chat. Say what up. Uh, Give us a thumbs up or your version of a middle finger. We don't really care. Let us know that it's your first time hanging out live with us here at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. So if you're joining us live, you can also join us live in the studio. Let's actually kick it over to our Eorzean Studios. Yes, you can hang out with the LBR crew in Final Fantasy XIV. That's on the Sargentana server in the Goblet. Plot 35th Ward. We hope that you uh, will uh, make some time and uh, wave at the camera on a Sunday coming up. Uh, Yeah, hopefully you'll join us. Welcome to the show. My name is Nero Grigori. Thank you guys for joining me. Joining me today, we've got, of course, Juxtaposition. And a very, very special guest. A Mr. Kahlo Landis. Kahlo, how are you doing? First time on the show. I have no recollection of this place. Yeah, some dude took my seat. I'm not happy. Yeah, I it, you, the guests get the get the guests. Seat. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot you were on the show. <laughs> yeah, apparently a lot of people did. Uh, I feel like I don't know. I first of all, I hear that you guys have been uh, making jokes at my expense. So not surprised. Did I was you say we make jokes at everyone's expense? Yeah. Did you expect us to like not? No, no. But I'm just okay. you know someone tattled on you. Okay. I don't remember who it was, but it was someone. Apparently, it's not Kyle Landis who listens to the podcasts. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not like <laughs> these aren't like veiled or anything. It's pretty, uh, pretty out there and obvious. I mean, got shit to do. Yeah, you could just invest yourself in the product that we make here. But no, I guess that's a little bit too much to ask. I've yeah, still been yeah. doing outlines, uh, which is more than some people can say. Nika. <clears throat> <laughs> So, uh, also joining us, we've got Papa Woody, as well as uh, uh, Kooky Persona is hanging out, and she's going to be taking your calls if you want to call the show. We want to hear from you. 
Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord, if you want to call in on Discord. We, again, we want to encourage everyone to call the show uh, because uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, last episode, boy, I can't even believe that you didn't go and listen to the last episode given uh, given what happened. Yeah, the last episode. <laughs> I know, right? It was amazing. It was. It was. Uh, it's, so, it's too bad you weren't here, guys. Oh, it yeah. really was. It's <laughs> who called in. Yeah, yeah. So we we watched uh, we watched a video from uh, Squall loves Rihanna. Uh-huh. That was Renoa. Renoa. Rio no, Cohen. it's not, not that that's much better. It's it's Riona. Squall loves Hillary. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we uh, we watched the video from him that uh, had you know some choice words for us. Uh, and yeah, how we totally backpedaled on and how we produce the show. Yeah. And and then proceeded to call the show. And <laughs> that's awesome, though. Really just just jam his foot squarely in his mouth and uh, not stand by anything that he said. It was glorious. It was worse than Dark Star. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. It was. At least Dark Star stood by his convictions. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, you, that's what you missed last week, and I, I don't want to go over what you missed the weeks previous to that because uh, uh, you haven't been here in like six up weeks. My team, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, he's fired now. Oh, uh, as an intern or just the manager, you know the, you know the de facto both. intern of your or, uh, manager of your team? Just both. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and and so if if it ever comes to the point where I'm not here again for some reason, you want me to pick um, your team for you? No, Kuki <laughs> is my assistant uh, manager. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. I, 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 we picked Skuro specifically because we knew he would be as bad as Auto Draft. The thing is, he was actually picking good ones, and but you he guys was are like, oh, you give him a good team, and for he was him. trying. Yeah, like he was trying for you. So I mean, like, and what? then he stopped trying. That's why he's fired. Field <laughs> wine. Nobody. Knows who the fuck Eeld wine is? <laughs> well, if it's your your team name, then the Edelweiss. Yeah, what is with that team name? That is right? the dumbest that's, team name I've ever. That's I, where the Rogues Guild is located. It's actually worse than the Kaloklux Clan. I'm pretty sure. Except it's not. I think it is. Nope. Oh god, the Edelweiss Assassins was Avengers. That it? Avengers. Ooh, that's even worse. It was Assassins, but then apparently he Ew. put Avengers on Twitter. So oh, man, oh, look at me! I'm uh, the Vermilion Lords of the Galaxy. <laughs> 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 that one's actually not bad. <laughs> uh, so thanks, guys, for joining us here at uh, twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. We're excited to have you along. By the way, we are supported by Alamo City Comic Con. That's happening October 28th through the 30th at the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, there have been a lot of really fantastic announcements for guests that are going to be out at Alamo City Comic Con, including the likes of Nolan North, uh, as well as David Tennant, Billy Piper, Karen Gillan, Billy D. Williams, uh, just countless of uh, immensely cool, fascinating people are going to be out at Alamo City Comic Con. So if you want the chance to uh, meet or, uh, you know, at least get into the line to meet any of those. Welcome back, Callow. Oh, there you go. Zero welcoming you back with a donation. Uh, If if you want to meet any of those immensely cool people or if you want to just meet a Nero. Because I'll be out there. Uh, then uh, plan on heading out to the uh, Henry P. Gonzalez Convention Center on October 28th through the 30th. Uh, I'll uh, I'll try to keep 
up to date on Twitter where I am. I don't I don't have like a scheduled meet mm-hmm. and greet. And if you're one of those people that want to punch or beat up a Nero, this is a better chance to do it because he ain't going to have the rest of his posse with him. Uh, uh, well, hold, mm, hold on. I don't know about that. What? Now, are you suggesting that if someone came up to punch a Nero, that you and I wouldn't help them punch a Nero? <laughs> Like, that definitely sounds like what you're suggesting. I, f- I feel like the bro code says we have to help defend him, doesn't it? Defend him, but yeah. I mean, after, like, we can get a couple shots in, too. <laughs> oh, so what, so what you're saying is we honestly have to defend him right away. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh. We have to make sure he doesn't lose. He just, he just, he doesn't have to win very well. He just can't lose. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, he could get beat up, but then we come in and finish off the people, right? And him. And then we can win. They can both lose, and then we'll win. I feel like this went in an oddly sexual direction. <laughs> like they're they're gonna beat up a Nero, and then we're gonna beat him off. Like, how did we go? That was an abrupt left turn. It's juxta. What do you expect? Uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, three left, three left turns. Yeah, there was there were there were no three left turns, and then the entire a, six weeks that you were gone, and then it and becomes now, right. Yeah, and then. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, by the way, I want to uh, remind everyone we are available on Google Play. If you use the Google Play Store to listen to podcasts, make sure you look up Limit Break Radio, the LBR Podcast Network, uh, to uh, find our podcasts there. And uh, I want to remind you that we are supported by you guys over at Patreon. Uh, let's see what our current Patreon total is. 2054. Uh, we are sitting at 2054 for uh, Patreon at 186 people giving. That's fantastic, guys. I want to thank you for your support. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit on uh, on FEC today. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, first of all, we're going to be talking about Pokemon Go, but uh, we'll also be talking about uh, a few, maybe some of the planned changes that'll be in the works uh, here from uh, the uh, Let's Be Real podcast network as we move for uh, closer and closer to rolling that out. And uh, we've got some exciting new content that's going to come along with that as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that again. That's today at 5 o'clock over at twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast. Again, if you want to support the content that we make, whether it be Limit Break Radio, whether it be Final Encountercast, that's all done over at patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. All right, guys, let's check out what's going on in FF14 News. This is a Limit Breaking News update. I feel, is there, I don't think there's anything. I think that, you know, there's stuff there, but it's not like FF14 related stuff. It's, I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to call it. Yokai Watch is in full swing. (laughs) I also, I'm also not really sure what keeps happening to the, oh, there, the headphone cord is, uh, it's got a short in it. I wasn't sure if that was like just me. Yeah, I I, I thought, I thought for a second maybe that was going out over the show or cutting out on the show. So uh, no, that's just our headphones. Oh, Um, good. So yeah. Uh, yeah, not really much in terms of FF14 news to talk about, uh, which is not surprising right now. Well, I don't know. I think it is surprising given the last uh, the last content update that we've had. It was a wet fart. <laughs> you know, it wasn't very well received. I feel like we should be getting a live letter here 
Like right, what's the announcement in, in, uh, of a live letter? Yeah, we get we're get, we already have one announced. It's like the twenty sixth, I think, of, the, uh, of August. Wow, that seems like a really long time since the last one, though, right? There's also an anniversary event too. That's what it is. That's, yep. It's a part of it's that. Part okay. of it. Yep. All right. So maybe we're just they're just kind of holding back or. Uh, you know, in a holding pattern because of that. Yeah. Maybe that would throw off the schedule a little bit because I feel like they're doing more than just the live letter. If it's yeah, just a live letter, I a feel 14 like... 14-hour yeah. event. 14-hour Right, stream. yeah. What? If it's just a live letter, I feel like they can pull, you know, they can just pull seven guys into a conference room and be able to knock that out in an afternoon. Yeah. It, but this, uh, you know, with other uh, anniversary events, we've seen them, you know, they've, uh, they've done uh, very elaborate live streaming events for their Japanese community uh, when it comes to these anniversary events. So I hope they farm yokai medals. I, I, maybe it just didn't seem as long. Maybe that the, the, the gulf didn't seem as big uh, because we, uh, you know, the, the content was a little bit more engaging in the 2.0 cycle. That's what I would. That's what I would think. I guess. I mean, it's just sad. That I, this is like the first week where we have literally nothing to talk about in terms of new news from last week. Isn't that a little bit like? Isn't that a little bit dismaying? Yeah. I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I mean, not even a contest. Maybe no news is. Good news. I don't think that that is true <laughs> you know at all. You know what's more concerning to me? What's that? Is this entire time during the show now, you're looking at him while you talk instead of looking at me. I think that you've gotten way too comfortable <laughs> having him as your de facto right hand, and I'm a little bit pissed about it. Uh, the... <laughs> Well, first of all, show up a little bit more often. <laughs> Second of all, we'll have a drop for the. Oh, yeah, our drop. By the way, our drop computer is uh, <laughs> it, the computer's not down. It's just the software is giving us shit. It just it will not run. It will not be stable. I really feel naked without not having this giant program on one of the screens. It, I, I'm sure it's got to be a little bit awkward. Stop looking at me. It's got to be a <laughs> you, little you're bit. You're dressing me with your eyes. You're just gonna have to do the drops yourself now. Uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully what all this silence means that, uh... We're all soldiers now! <laughs> hopefully what it means is that they're working both very hard on 3.4, that they're working hard on this new anniversary event, and they're also planning for FanFest. So I know that they've, you know, Square Enix has got a lot of different irons in the fire at the moment, but at the same time, at the same time, though, at the same time... At the same time... I sort of feel like because we found out today that Final Fantasy 15 is going to be delayed by a couple of months. What? Yeah. I <laughs> does anyone is anyone else concerned that that talent is maybe being pulled from 14 to work on 15 at the moment? Mm, no. I mean, Square, no, Square Enix shuffles people in their development department around a lot. How many people are left? I'm sure they did that before. I I have to believe that they do, did that before. Do we got Bob the Janitor moving over there too now? But I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, I think that that's a really concerning thing for oh, an so. MMO because rarely do resources ever get reinvested for an MMO. Anytime that a staff gets gets downsized for an MMO, it stays downsized. It's not like the the FF15 project would come to completion and then they'd suddenly put them back onto 14. They're already onto you know whatever is whatever else in you know from Square Enix is in development hell like Kingdom Hearts 3. Final Fantasy 7 remake. That, there you go. You and also think- have to remember though that come FanFest we're going to get the next expansion announced. So at some point 
they do have to put more resources back into 14 for the new expansion. Yeah, do they, do though? They? Yeah, see? No. Yeah, do... But really... Do that after 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 that big hubba baloo that we had between the <laughs> hubba baloo between the the release of Heaven's Ward and the first patch. Remember that like eight month period where they're like, oh, we 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 were hiring new people and we went on vacation and we went on vacation. Yeah, and now they're just yeah. gonna take them all away, but not bad. This is bring anything but back. That's what I'm. That's what I was saying at the time. Is that you know like. I don't know that they were actually on vacation. That may have been their that, cover story. That may have been a staff shuffling, and they're getting new people trained up. You know, and and I, I mean, it's got to, dude. It has got to be frustrating f- to run an MMO over there at a, at a company the size of Square Enix, where you can't really. I mean, I don't think you can really even control the size of your dev team or the resources that they give you. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be a difficult task balancing the needs of the game versus the resources that you're given. Because Square Enix is all about the next thing. We know that. Like we know Square Enix is, all, you know, it, maybe even though fifteen, even though fifteen is going to be late, they're already looking at and developing the FF Seven remake. They've already been rolling out promo for it. So we all, they're they're so on to the next thing automatically that it's it's hard for me to have any trust or faith that they're doing the right thing with the 14 development size you now have me picturing like all of Square Enix development team as like a high school dodgeball game and like they're picking people for their teams and like each of the games is like a different click <laughs> nobody's over in the kingdom hearts click right now <laughs> Soken always gets picked last uh. I bet and 4.0, they're just going to fractionize our content again. So we're going to start getting one expert roulette. God, see, um, that's the that I'm. I no, you know what? I, I don't could think see, so. I could see that. It, well, uh, you're following the pattern that it's going to get just get smaller and smaller. The death of an MMO. I, I <laughs> and, hope not. And while I understand that, you also have to keep in mind one of the things that Yoship recently said in an interview, which is their focus for Heaven's Word was to try to get out as much content varying content and try new stuff as they possibly could and what they've learned from doing uh heaven's ward they're going to incorporate into whatever the next expansion is so that they will have a more focused uh plan well that's what they've said and i I think that that kind of leads us into our discussion topic for today uh which is you know what has square enix really learned from other MMOs because you know we have that statement and and I think a lot of us really you know clung to that statement like a life raft uh, that you know they're they're looking at at events that are influenced not just by contemporary MMOs but also the first gen first wave of MMOs and you know while that while that's a good statement what can I mean if we look at deep dungeon how much of a throwback event is that really to a 
first generation, first wave, second wave MMO. I don't know that it really is. So I think we're going to break down a lot of those differences. Uh, We're going to talk. I mean, there was a great article this week that uh, had popped up on Kotaku from uh, Cecilia uh, Anastasio. And uh, I I, I really want to invite everyone to to take a look at that article. We're not going to sit down and, and read it word for word because I think that a lot of us as FF11 players have a lot of context for what she's already talking about. Um, but, you know, this is this is finally someone within the games media recognizing the validity and the challenge behind FF11's structure and content and the way that it brought people together and how effective that was for an MMO game design. And at the end, she goes and uh, compares it to FF14. And I think that there are some very apt comparisons uh, you know, in in terms of some of the criticisms that she's leveled at Final Fantasy fourteen and the way that fourteen is deciding to structure their content. So, I think we're we're going to use this as a uh, as a. Uh, uh, you know, springboard. Yeah, as a as a springboard for our discussion to uh, be able to uh, to talk about some of the major differences between eleven and fourteen. Because as I understand, Juxta, you've been playing eleven now for what is that the last like six weeks on stream at eleven on Saturdays? I feel like it's been more than six. Has it been more I than six now? I think it's been at least eight. Or well, so? that that was and that was. That was an attempt. Actually, no, by, probably, probably more like six. I mean, that was that was you following through on uh, on something that happened on air or on the stream one night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was teasing you about playing uh, about playing FF eleven, and uh, you know said, hey, you know, if if listeners want to hear it, if if uh, stream watchers want to watch you stream FF eleven, like now is the time to donate. I think we got something like four hundred bucks that night. Yeah, yeah, definitely four hundred and sixty one. Yeah. I think it was. Wow. Yeah, I that, yeah. Don't 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 ever say something like oh I wouldn't even do that for three hundred dollars right <laughs> yes because make sure it's an amount you'd actually do it for right yeah. so well but here's the surprising thing is now you I mean you've been playing uh, FF eleven weekly now for probably a good two you months you don't know the kind yeah. of nightmare it was when I woke up one morning and not only was he <laughs> playing FF eleven but he was doing so with Nika and Escalia <laughs> and they were all having fun. I didn't know who he was anymore. <laughs> and that that gets that that actually gets me right down to my question right here it's is all bad. Uh, is <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to imitate drops now? Yeah. <laughs> that's what, what Kyle told me to do. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> Kyle told me to do it. This is going to be interesting. We need he, to get, he is our special guest today, okay? <laughs> I'm going to tell... I, 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 I really think we need to get a new drop program because this... Uh, any I think t- this one's fine. Uh, I, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, anyway... We do have one. It's called Juxta 2.0. So... My question to you, Juxta, is, I mean, how have you actually been enjoying yourself? Because, I mean, you were obligated to do it. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like maybe you've turned a corner on it because nobody said you had to do it for this long. No, no. But I feel like if I stopped before, like, actually completing something that I'd be like kind of a cop well, or whatever. But what, what are you working on completing? My main goal right now is to get through the rap series of that idea, which is basically the. OK. Uh, the like the end cap on Final Fantasy 11. Right. So right. once I get through that, then we'll see where I stand. But once I, uh, th- that's my goal is to get that finished. Okay. I'd like I mean, to it, point out that he actually goal, came actually. into my room one day and yeah. sat down, and looked all like forlorningly, and I'm like, what? And he's like, 
I really want to play Final Fantasy XI right now. <laughs> like he was, he was so checked out of fourteen. He's like, it was, it was a reset day. He's like, I know I should be playing, but all I can think about is eleven. And it, yeah, it's <laughs> it it's weird because it, you would think that after you know how how long has it been since you had logged into eleven previous to this? I mean, it had oh, been like years, like two been, years. But it had been well before SOA. It had even actually been before the end of Abyssia because you weren't even fully level capped yet. No, 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 that's not true. Uh, oh, okay. I was, I've got through the first three Abyssias, and I was level 95. Okay. And then I did, like, a brief a bit of Void Watch. Okay. And then uh, I tuned out once uh, level 99 hit. Okay. So. So you just didn't do the last 95 to 99 right. jump, which is a tough battle. I mean, that's, a, that's actually surprising. Especially back in the day when it was relevant. Even even now, I feel like there are some people who uh, who struggle with it. I mean, or can you do it with trust? You can do it with trust. Okay. And uh, I, I wiped the first time horribly, but... <laughs> Uh, I did. That's because I, did, I didn't have the the easy mode item. Yeah, where it, it just stuns him for ninety seconds. It, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a bad. Uh, uh, you know, uh, follow up to the Mott fights. Right. No, it was so, good. Yeah. Um. But uh, all right. So so a surprising thing happens to Juxta as he's playing FF eleven. He finds that he's actually enjoying it and a bit more engaged with it than fourteen. Thinking about it outside of the game, I think that I think that that you know, like there's not many there there's not many times I think of FF14 when it's not directly logged on in front of me. Yeah, it's it's really bad nowadays, especially uh, unfortunately. So even still, though, even still, there's something there that pulls you and draws you in that FF14 doesn't necessarily. It's it has to do with the world because like. There's just so many zones. I just like found myself one day just clicking around on Encyclopedia, just going from zone to zone. And I'm like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about yeah uh, the sh- uh, Maze of Shakrami right. or Oradell Caves or whatever. Oh like all these you zones know, that don't uh, do anything. Dude, right? The only thing since I've stopped playing that I've heard and been like, oh, that's really cool is the trust system. Yeah. You know, yeah. because being able to adventure alongside, you know, your heroes and those NPCs that you loved is just it's awesome. I mean, I mean, think about how awesome it was in 14 when we finally got to do one tiny sort of half dungeon with Yagiri, you know? Right. We're like, oh, this is so awesome. Right. Yeah. But then, but the problem with 14 is that you do it once and then it's over. Yeah. You never have to do it again. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's one of the problems that 14 has. But we're going to get into all of this here today on the show. We invite your calls, Limit Break Radio, on Skype, 810-515-8715, if you're calling in over a phone or... Or LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord. If you are one of the new adopters and using something like Discord, I like Discord quite a bit. Uh, and they just off- make, it, make it a lot easier. Yeah. And well, and they just uh, introduce like uh, account to account calls, like private calls. Oh, um, nice. So uh, they've got some Fuck really, here, they've, they've got some really cool. F- if they could just get, get the webcam, webcam. Oh my God. If they could just get webcam service going, we would never have to use Skype again. I hate Skype. I hate hate the fact that we use it on the show i think we would probably only use it because you can attach a real phone number to it anymore Mm -hmm. but man if discord could just get on the webcam thing that would be so awesome uh so uh yeah again we invite your calls limit break radio on skype 810-515-8715 and limitbreakradio.com slash discord uh so yeah you guys have heard us talk a lot about final fantasy 11 which makes sense because 
because for six years, this show was dedicated exclusively to covering Final Fantasy XI. And so I feel like we've actually got a pretty good context to be able to talk about these two games and well, uh, be able to be able to compare them. I mean, we're missing Nika, so we don't none have... None of us raid. Oh, yeah. None of us... Uh. <laughs> none of us ever did H&M's. Except for Nika, so can and we really, she's not here today. Can we really so. talk about Eleven? I've, in any I've real killed, capacity? I've killed them a few times. Real H and M's, yeah, <laughs> the Kings, yeah, yeah, a few times. I came back for a month when I think they're poppable. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did make that change. Yeah, <laughs> that's not real Endgame. That, yeah, that's not real Final Fantasy. That's, that's, that's like that's like the afternoon that I spent clearing out my Sky Pop items. I've been killed by Absolute Virtue. Okay. Just stop. Yeah. Just no. Stop. I did salvage. Let's uh let's talk let's talk about FF11 versus 14 because 11 did some very crucial things in terms of audience engagement that, that FF14 you don't see anymore. No, you don't see anymore. I think it was a little bit more common in uh, this first wave of MMOs. Um, I think you saw a lot of these concepts being lifted from EverQuest. I mean, FF11 if you wanted to try to compare it to any other MMO that was going around, it drew a lot of influence from EverQuest in terms of, you know, NMs, pop mechanics, things like that. Those were all lifted straight out of EverQuest, but done with a distinctly Final Fantasy take on it. Mm hmm. And, and, you know, this was a really interesting era of MMOs because you had, you know, your successful MMO, your most successful MMO, arguably at that time, was EverQuest. But you had some other very kind of fascinating and inventive MMOs that were coming out, like Auto Assault, um, that was a persistent driving mmo yeah it was what? very weird there uh you know you had uh ultima online you had people throwing stuff at the wall just to see what stuck could you imagine if something like auto assault had stuck and like nowadays we were playing final fantasy like automata it, you know, we'd be just, talking about how we need the new the newest like you know drive shift gear thing to come out so that we can upgrade our rpm like I mean, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that it didn't. But I mean, like, you, you know, you had other games like The Matrix Online. Mm -hmm. uh, oh you know, like there was just there. There was this was, you know, FF11 preceded the big wave of MMOs, which really happened you after after World of Warcraft success. Yeah, because because I mean, you know, you have a list here of things that's unique to FF14 and things that's unique to FF11. And the thing that immediately jumped out at me was everything that's unique to FF14. It's not like just unique to FF14. You know, it, it came from World of Warcraft. Right. It came from from like Guild Wars Quest. 2. Yes. Guild Wars 2. Right. But then when you look at Final Fantasy 11, like all right, Notorious Monsters. Yeah, sure. Uh, right. But a lot of the other stuff, at least to my knowledge isn't currently in any of the MMOs. Right, right. So, okay, let's let's talk about like, you know, let's rewind our clocks. Let's go back. Let's clean our Let, clocks. Let's 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 rewind all the way back let's to uh, our 2005. To, yes, to 2005 
back when uh, <laughs> I was two years out of high school. I was still in high school. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, you had long hair, didn't I you? I did. I, I did. <laughs> were you I, that straight was, edge at that point? Mm, or were was you this pre-21? I, I broke straight edge after 21. Okay. So I think, I think yeah, this was, uh, I was still straight edge at that point. Nice. Yeah. So FF11, uh, you know, th- this game comes on the scene and a uh, whole bunch of, uh, you know, really weird, inventive, uh, off-the-wall MMOs. And this was a really interesting time to be, like, to, to watch the development of the MMO genre. And I'm really glad that I was tuned into things like Ultima Online and EverQuest and FF11 at this time, because this is where you saw some of the most inventive uh, event design and gameplay design come out of um, it, it wasn't you know it seems like everything has been kind of bottom lined into an ability bar that you you figure yes. out you fire off the, the the number pad and you know FF11 right out of the gate you're automatically fucking confused as shit because the controls are so unique. The controls of FF11, the control scheme, the way that they mapped the keys to the keyboard, you're not using WASD, you're using the, the, num- the number pad and the and arrows. arrows. And That's the right, arrows. it was both of them. The, yeah, <laughs> right. So you're you're actually where your hand would normally be on the mouse, right? You're, you you're, didn't even use a mouse in FF11. Your dominant hand would be on the mouse. This one, yeah, you didn't even use the mouse. You exclusively used the keyboard. I hopped back and forth to World of Warcraft and FF11, <laughs> playing for like months at a time. Oh, God. Uh, and trying to get back into the groove for either one of those, because when you use the mouth, the other one doesn't. You, you, my brain has never been so. Fucked. Oh, I bet, I bet. It's, it, I, I mean, because yeah, right out of the gate, it, it's. And the other thing about FF11, right out of the gate, is that it really doesn't explain anything. Does anyone remember where they were the first time they tried to figure out macros? Oh God. What, what was the place just out? Oh, uh, Ron Fair. I was in Ron Fair. Really? I'm like, I don't know how the fuck to do this. Me and uh, uh, Akeem were trying to find each other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking up macros or something, and I came across the, the position thing. Right. Because before what we were doing is we would be looking at our map, and, I, and I'd be like, I'm in E7. Where are you? And he'd look on his map. Then we'd try to triangulate, and eventually we figured oh, out. Oh, my God. We tried to figure out the position. We found out the position thing that was so much easier. But, oh, yeah. my God, macros no, to begin with. I want to oh. say I had to be, I had to have somebody explain macros oh, to yeah. me. And it's funny. I think it was this dude named Death Saber who I had met. It's so bizarre that I fucking remember his this. I even remember. I even remember his name. It was the first party that I had ever joined. Uh, and and I ended up uh, joining his link shell, which was Belgarion's link shell. Nice. Uh, and th- those were players that I played with almost the entirety of yeah. FF11. And I mean, goddamn, dude. Uh, I. It's it's funny because I don't think you know like going back to FF14 I couldn't remember the first time that I partied up in in 14 I it's bizarre that the memory is as specific and granular as to say yeah I know I remember even the guy that 
Invited me to the party, like it's. All right, but to be fair, I mean, if he led to Belgarine, who was like, like, like your. I mean, like, I guess. Bro, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, it was the same thing for Akeem. He was the first guy that I met that I really connected with, and I knew him all the way up until I stopped playing. It's bizarre, man. It's it's bizarre, and I, I I'm kind of curious. I'd actually like. I I know that there's not, there may not be many younger listeners of this program, but I'd like to hear from anyone who may be. Uh, slightly younger that has been listening to 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 Limit Break Radio, you know, because I would just I would love to hear. Do you have the same experience? Like, do do you feel as if the first experiences that you had in FF14 are the same? Not the same, but I mean, like, you know, are are do, do they even stand out to you? Because they don't stand out to me. I mean, I've been playing this game for fucking, what is it, five years? That's something that, that we've talked about before, too. Not even just here, but I mean, back on, on, on uh, Limit Break Radio 1.0, because obviously, you know, we've tried a bunch of other, you know, uh, MMOs here and there, and people say that nothing compares to your first MMO experience and that's sort of what I want to ask is yeah. it, you know is it just because this was our because it wasn't even my first MMO but it, 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 the that may have been the first MMO that I really emotionally oh, I invested say, that's in right it wasn't because like the first time that I ever saw the the Craig of Mia or of Hala like I'm like holy shit look at the size of that mother yeah 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 and like stuff like that happens in MMOs now. You know, you see something big and huge. Like when when I first got to uh, uh, Idleshire in FF14, like that big, giant, just massive tower. Right, right. But it still wasn't quite the same. Yeah. You know. So yeah, I think it is hard to to catch exactly that same essence. You know. Yeah. I, and 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 I have to wonder. You know, I I've asked myself this a lot: is it, it, whether or not. It's it is first MMO syndrome and it's rose colored glasses or if that game really did do something different because I don't know mm, see? I, all, of all the multitude of MMOs that I've played that really is the one where the people stand out and and uh, you know to to speak really to uh, to Cecilia's article that she wrote for for Kotaku that that game had a unique way of bringing people together and. I think a lot of it was connected to their difficulty. The difficulty of the game was so high and you absolutely even to do easy stuff, the easiest stuff, XP grind, you needed to you needed other people. So it really forced a connection there. And I I have to wonder, you know, is it just that FF14 doesn't do the same things and and that's why it doesn't you know it doesn't hit hit as hard with me and i guess my follow-up question to that is can ff14 even do the same things i think that she's definitely onto something all right first of all that's not an aura is it I believe it, it is. Yeah. She used a picture from FF14 for FF11 article? all of the pictures from this article <laughs> are from FF14 for some reason <laughs> I don't know. I don't right. know. Anyway, because they're prettier. <laughs> anyway, um, you're absolutely right, though. I remember my first big roadblock in FF11 was not... Because nothing told you to go out and get into an XP party, right? So I got to like 10, 11, 12 pretty quickly. And then there was this big, long drought where I was trying to solo my monk from like 12 to 14. Yeah. And it was taking forever because you're getting like... Because you, you have to fight easy prey at this point because... Even matches are going to kick your butt. And so I'm getting like 10, 12 XP per kill. Right. And it wasn't until uh, Akeem logged back on another day and we kind of like found each other again. We weren't on friends list at this point. Right. And he had taken me out and given me my first party experience. And had I figured out how to do parties beforehand, 
I don't think that that connection that that I forged with him would have happened. Right. Well, because there's not just the connection that happened as a natural part of playing the game. There were also connections that people ended up making because of things, b- trying to just figure out the way that the game ran. I mean, think about the guys, uh, you know, Ghani Man and all of the people who ran uh, uh, FF Encyclopedia and how close of a crew they became and, you know, how how close we became with them as a, as a matter, of course, of doing this show. I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of friendships have have uh, have come out of that, and I think that when you challenge your player base to not, you know, because you're right, it, it, unless you were explained the party mechanic, the game did not tell you, hey, you've got to put your flag up if you want other people to be able to try to find you in the game. Yep. None of that was explained, whereas I feel like in FF14, it would have you know, 12 different dialogue boxes. <laughs> a help box, a little exclamation point, right. green it, dots everywhere. And, and and that does help. I mean, it does it does help your game become playable, but I think that, you you know, you see this effect in Dark Souls a lot, too, where, you know, you've got a, a, a large and complex game that's filled with a lot of items whose items have secondary uses that are not readily explained. In fact, they're their their initial uses isn't isn't a lot of times <laughs> a very fuzzy. confusing yeah so i mean you've got you've got a lot of like try trial and error that's happening among players and then they're communicating that trial and error and 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 finding ways to uh you know either rise to challenges or to be able to get through events stuff like that and i think that that has a way of galvanizing your community even more mm-hmm. and, well, and it, you never got any of that in ff14 no, everything, no. everything has a, has a fucking explanation yeah, even even using wow as a baseline i mean you know there are people that i knew from wow that, that, that i still know none that i really talked to but i mean i formed friendships there too but it sure. wasn't the same kind wasn't the same yeah that i formed in 11 and you know ff14 is even more accessible i feel than what wow was at the time sure. anyway you know, I think I think that this has to do with some some natural sociability of humans. Oh, absolutely. But I think I think we tend to uh you know, to socialize along the lines of uh, you know, it's sort of like water. Water takes the path of least resistance. I think a lot of times our relationships and our friendships, we seek out the people who are less challenging, who we just get along with easier, who maybe share our worldview or outlook on life. And FF11 gave no fucks about who it was pairing you up with or how you know the 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 there was literally no aspect of matchmaking there and it exposed you to a lot of different personality types and a lot of different type of people and that is the exact reason that a bunch of stand up guys like us ended up doing podcasts with an asshole like you it, well, no, that was that had to do with college. We went to the same college. Oh, together. yeah, that yeah. probably helped. Yeah, too. that yeah. that had something to do with it. But no, I, I, you know, if I think if you, you know, if you if you challenge your community and you don't give them a, a, a very didactic breakdown of exactly what you want from them, then there's more for the uh, the community to dig their teeth into it. You know, it's not even that, though. I mean, it comes down to basic human nature. If you take a bunch of people and you put them in a park and you're like, look, you need to pair up and find your own food. Sure. You're going to form relationships with those people. Whereas if you put them all the people who are most agreeable. Yeah. Yes. Well, just in order, if you have to work with people to get something, you're going to become friends. Whereas you put those same people in a marketplace with $10 to go, go find food. Now they're competing. 
Well, at that point, they're not even going to talk to each other. Yeah. They're, 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 they're going to go buy their food and that's it. They go home. Right. So when you make people work together, you're absolutely going to force that. And, and, and you know what? FF14, the more you look at it, goes in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. Because some of the few really tough, challenging things that you had to party up for. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're giving them up for free now. Here's, I mean, even just a, a my, you know, something as minor as matchmaking, right? Like, if you had your party flag up, first of all, if you missed the invite, fuck, you missed the, you know, like, maybe that person was still there and looking for a DPS or, uh, you know, a tank or whatever. Uh, but probably not. And the second, but the second thing is, is that, you didn't just have to click a dialogue box. You had to say, hey, excuse me. Hey, I'm really sorry I missed that party invite. Are you still looking by chance? Well, a lot of times the answer was no. You had to actually and you communicate. Had to, and you had to reconcile that inside of yourself. I mean, how many times, dude, how many times in FF11 would you see, would you be putting something together, putting a party together, putting an event together, and someone came late and like missed you know, like they either missed an invite they were AFK for or, you know, they 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 missed the boat. They're five minutes late in the free company or in the link shell. And they're just they'll either give you shit intels for, you know, not bringing them along or not mm-hmm. telling them or not notifying them or they start going off in the link shell. I, I it really forced the community to mature. I think, you know, like when you lost out on shit like that. You know the the immature thing is to to hold your be breath pa- until you're be passive aggressive about it. Be passive aggressive, or hold your breath until you turn blue, or throw a big tantrum about it. it you know you had you had to work out with people individually the idea of loss. Right? You don't have to do that anymore. It indiv- FF14 individualizes and compartmentalizes loss so that you know. If you're raiding, I think that's maybe one of the only examples of a team loss, right? Like you can fail a dungeon and you get a team loss, right? But there was there was this other this other thing at work with FF11 where you had group cohesiveness that was go- that was being involved. You had uh, way more strategy. You had way more planning, and I think that this is all, that all served to engage even outside of the bonds of the game because when the when the game is basically giving you every prompt every uh, you know every move drawn in a circle on the ground and where it's going to hit you know exactly what you have to do and it's a matter of timing and repetition and i think that as we've established like yeah that it can make a good mmo and it can make for a, a challenging experience but is that experience fun? Is it fundamentally fun? And is that why we play MMOs? I'm going to say that it's not fundamentally fun based on the fact that, you know what, we're in our second expansion and I'm not doing that. And I have I have no I think I desire to. I think it's not fun anymore. I think yeah. it's I think it's I, I think it was fun for a while when it it served as a contrast to I, and, I, and I'm I'm not even going to bring other MMOs into this because I think that complicates it. But I think that it brings a contrast both to FF14 1.0 and FF11, right? And it was fun for 2.0 and and probably the beginning of of Heaven's Word and 3.0. But I feel like there's a monotony about it now. Well, like you said, whenever you go into a fight, like the first time you go into a fight, yeah, sure, because you're 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 learning it. Yeah. But once it's learned, 
that's it. You know it every single time. Whereas the way that it operated in FF11 was as things hit you and you hit it, it gained TP. And then it could randomly use one of its moves. You sure. never knew what it was going to use. And depending on how much TP you're feeding it, it could increase the frequency of the moves that it's using. Yeah. So every single time, instead of it being this pattern that you just memorized, it was more like they just shoved all of this stuff into a beaker until it exploded out and you never knew what was going to end up coming. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think that that's a pretty apt analogy. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. We've got uh, Alda Wolf hanging on uh, from Sergeant uh, from uh, Sergeant Tannis. No? No. No? no? Oh. No. Uh, uh, did have... we flip over to Cecile? Yeah, we're trying to get Cecile on the oh, Okay, line, so. all right. Well, uh, we're working on uh, getting uh, Cecilia. Is it Cecilia? Cecilia uh, on the line to uh, to talk about her article with uh, Kotaku. Uh, so we'll have that in uh, hopefully just a moment. But yeah, I think that that's a, a you know it's a good point that um, you know the battles in terms of FF11 did feel very dynamic and randomized, and you never knew what was coming, but you had apt and ample time to be able to react to it. And something that we've talked about before too was something else that I think lends support to the fact that FF11 was more memorable is if something messes up in FF14 you just wipe and try again right but you always no matter how small it was had that chance to do an epic recovery yeah in FF11 yeah and not just and I also think you know giving a fast forward button it, it, the again the whole aspect of matchmaking right I think I think that is a bit of a detriment it might be a detriment to the MMO genre mm. I, I mean for as because I feel like there was so much communication based in yeah. a system that doesn't have matchmaking. I think that I, matchmaking maybe makes it easier sometimes. Yeah, obviously to get people together to get things done. Um, but it definitely doesn't lend anything to this idea of forming bonds. But w yeah, with with matchmaking, you know, it, it, I feel like I never have to talk to anyone. I never have to communicate. If I'm queuing for a dungeon, if I'm queuing for Weeping City, yeah, if you're I'm not queuing, wrong. Yeah, if I'm queuing for Void Arc, I don't. I don't. That's not. That's not necessarily just matchmaking. It also comes down to the difficulty of stuff. I th yes, I think that that's right. And mm, uh, well, I, I don't think so because think back to eleven when you got into a party, you would talk to your party members when you were grinding on crabs or whatever. I mean, okay, grind, yeah, but yes, and, and that's what I was saying is that not having matchmaking intrinsically opened the floodgate of communication, and you were you felt a lit. It, it it doesn't matter if all you're saying is hi, or you know you get a little bit of communication, and and that will open the floodgates. If you know if the entire party is based on communication from like a fundamental level right like if you have to if you have to put yourself out there to even get in a party in the first place mm -hmm. you know like i feel like that does that does a whole lot more once you break open the line of communication right. then people are going to be more willing to actually communicate absolutely Absolutely. But if you just get put into a duty finder with three random nameless people, they might as well be CPU controlled. Exactly. Yeah. All they right. So yeah, I, I can see where maybe one encourages more than the other one, but I don't think that matchmaking just right off cuts it out completely. When you have dungeons or Weeping City that's as easy as it is, where it's all just like muscle reflex now, Sure. then absolutely. But take one of the things that, that 
juxta absolutely hated about world of warcraft was the idea of achievements in dungeons right because no matter how easy the dungeon was some of these achievements were so technical that you had to communicate to do it and no matter how overpowered you were you could still mess it up right so difficulty is something that could help even that balance out and get people communicating even though they have just been matched up yeah i you know Yes, but at this, at this, uh, see, I feel like FF14's overall structure lends itself well more to matchmaking than FF11 did. Oh, absolutely. Because FF11 had overworld events. FF11 had zones that you would go into to level or to be able to do something. That's not. 14 style Mm -hmm. everything that 14 every shred of content that we've ever been presented except for hunts has been in a separated uh instance from the rest of the world even diadem that is not technically an instanced event is its own instance away from the world you can't just travel in the world and go to diadem in the same way that in 11 you could travel to and inhabit sky you could just be in sky or sea and that was where a lot of the end game events were taking place so you know you had very specific stuff very you know it's like like ff11 decided to to uh you know make you know make its own server for only like only like bcnms and those style fights those were the only ones that were ever sectioned off in terms of a server like that i think what that really comes down to like like when you really think about it in the in the terms of being immersed right as an adventurer when you're out running around you never see people adventuring all you see is them traveling because every single event you're right. It's going on in like its own little sphere somewhere else locked away. You can't just like, oh, I'm running around and holy crap, look at all these people doing this outpost event. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a big problem. And, and you know, and I feel like, you know, one of, the, one of the things that Square Enix could do, I think, to address this is make more shit going on in the overworld. You know, we've we've seen stuff like big server competitions in ff11 like campaign Mm -hmm. and i think that there has been you know some expression out there for a a server-wide event for the next ff14 expansion here's the problem you run into though with with that concept in ff14 and it comes back to this every single time to me this is the major complaint of ff14 overall and that's the reward structure because we do yes. have stuff going on out there. Yeah. Fates. But why should we do that? That's true. Hunts. But why should we do them? So, okay, they, and, they, and they, add, they add some new thing. And what does it give? Something that's relevant for a couple months and then nobody does it anymore. And, and I feel like it's really easy to identify the pattern that Square Enix is trying to use to re-incentivize us going back and doing Fates. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's, it's starting to become very transparent and also at the same time irritating and at the same time demotivating i don't ever want to do another fucking hunt again i don't care what yokai weapon comes out of it i don't care what you know special uh holiday event item is coming out it doesn't matter i have no desire to ever do another fate so i think the question becomes like okay we have fates we know what those are those are a known quantity at what point do we you know do do you move on from that because i feel like it's even really easy to program a fate 
even the stuff that's uh, you know more unique than fates, your Odin, your Behemoth, your Coral, uh, um, there's the 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 Terrasque even like that actually gives right. something special. Nobody gives a shit about those nobody, anymore either. Yeah, nobody gives a crap about them at all, and that's kind of sad. I, it's kind of a bummer because I mean a lot of these are are great in concept, mm-hmm. but because as you had stated, Kahlo, uh, but because they don't have the proper reward structure attached to it, nobody feels the the need to do them. Nobody feels driven to do them, and I don't think that you need to invent the drive. It doesn't need to come from anywhere. A good game should naturally be motivating you to keep playing it. I have almost beaten Pokemon Go. I am five Pokemon from having a completed North America index. I still play that shit ridiculously, and I still get a lot of enjoyment out of it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, just, just really quick. Did you get that lick-a-tongue, bitch? Sure didn't. You no. better not have, because we'd, we'd have lynched you. After the show, we would have hung <laughs> you out the window, and we would have lynched you. I didn't even see it come up. It was on the nearby. Oh. Yeah. Also a Kabuto. Oh. I didn't want all of us running out of the room to get it, so I didn't say anything. But when he left, and I saw him, we made eye contact <laughs> as he was shutting the door. Because I'm like, is he going to the bathroom? No, he's fucking not. <laughs> and, and it didn't it didn't pop for you? No. Okay, I don't feel bad then. Yeah. No, but, I, but, but it, I, it's, it, I think that's what is the most surprising thing to me out of a game like Pokemon Go is how... I mean, and, and granted, uh, it has been what, like six weeks, eight weeks since that launched. Yeah, it, it hasn't, it Close hasn't been months. that long. Uh, but how engaged I'm staying in it e- e- for so long, and it's a fucking phone game. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that, that really has been surprising to me, and I think has driven home that there are some very, very real systemic problems and and uh, you know content problems yeah. that FF14 is looking at, and and. The biggest, you're right, is the reward structure. What really drove that home for me is, okay, so, you know, Deep Dungeon has dropped. And I actually, it took me two weeks to finally get in and try and do it. And when I did it, okay, I mean, I I, I had fun, but I don't, I'm not like pressed to go back. And the reason why is the rewards. They just, they're nothing to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Uh, so yeah, it, I, I mean, some other differences. FF eleven versus fourteen. You had mentioned Kahlo, the world that the war. You know, there were zones that you had forgotten about in FF eleven. That was actually juxtaposed. Oh, did you? Okay, but there, I, yes, I definitely said that. But there were there were zones. What in, did I say in FF? That there were zones in FF eleven that you know. When you remember them, it really does. It's like it, it's got such a full, huge world to it that you know. And there was something unique about the way that FF11 had had constructed its world too, because it felt lived in. Because it was again, it comes back to having to work together. When you do the main scenario quest in FF14, you go to this place, you poke a spot, you leave. But when you have to go someplace in FF11, everything is always dangerous. Everything can still kill you. So even though you maybe only have to go into Ordell's cave and poke this one place, it takes how many sneak potions to get there? You die how many times? You hold point, you have to raise your friend, you run out of sneak potions just to touch this one point. Just overall, everywhere you go, the difficulty is in the journey. Yeah. 
absolutely that was a big and that's a big difference between 11 and 14 as well you know when 14 added the ability to warp to any aetherite from anywhere on the map we all lauded it as this great quality of life change that really needed to be in mmos when you thought about all it was when you was it well when you thought but you know when you sit around and you think about the amount of time that it takes to walk from one end of the map to another you had a lot of that in in ff14 1.0 because you didn't have these aetherite plazas uh, everywhere you had them very specifically and you could only warp to so many times a day yeah yeah Yeah. that's it anima that's right that's right okay see now that idea like only being able to warp so many times a day but to say that oh no no now it's limited by your currency which by the way will just throw at you for no reason (laughs) well because in in a game like ff14 not having the aetherites there i think would be just as destructive because then you're just walking for the sake of walking because nothing can kill you yeah sure. yeah it has that. to be dangerous has to be has to actually be a journey that's a in good the beginning of uh good point 1.0 i mean right outside of limsa lominsa we had i believe at the time like a rank 50 go boo out there that would just totally slaughter people i re- i do remember yeah. that i mean there was danger in there was. the world but the- now <laughs> nothing yeah and i remember yeah like in in uh linosia it was like there was like a choke point right Mm, yeah right after you got past the first aetherite yeah it was uh was that bearded rock i I may have been and then it was on the way to uh skull valley yes i do remember this and there was this little choke point where they did they put this ridiculous gobu (laughs) that would just sit there and fucking rail people and you know what that idea is actually really cool that that brings the world alive because the idea that somewhere in the world there's this big nasty monster that's guarding this part of their territory that adds character to the world yeah okay fine some noobs are gonna piss and moan I go over there it kills me yeah okay cool yeah guess what now you have a story now you have something to complain about to talk about but mm-hmm. not to the point where like you should remove it yeah absolutely all right let's go to our phone lines we've got uh, cecilia de anastasio who uh wrote this piece for kotaku uh thanks for joining us cecilia Thank you for having me. So I'm curious, what what was it exactly that had sparked your interest in re-examining FF11 in 2016? You know, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV, um, and something that was immediately frustrating to me was the fact that I didn't really have any opportunities to make the kind of friends that I had in Final Fantasy XI. Mm-hmm. And um, the more and more I played the game the more I expected for some mechanic to be introduced, some sort of dungeon or anything that would facilitate that sort of socialization. Yeah. And recently I covered the Palace of the Dead mm-hmm. um, patch, which I which I thought would be it. I thought it would I thought it would be that thing and it and it wasn't. Oh, I think so yeah. I think you and I everyone else. To, I, I think a lot yeah. of us a lot of <laughs> us had really pinned a whole lot of hopes on Palace of the Dead. And you know, not to you know, not to say that it, it, it was a definitive letdown, but I think that, you know, it was not uh, as well received in the community as uh, other events have been, and it definitely mm-hmm. didn't live up to expectations. Um, so I, I'm I'm sure that you're aware of the the quote from Yoshi P uh, that he said, you know, moving into this patch and, and moving into developing. 
content forward that he'd be looking at drawing influence from you know these this first wave of mmos as well as modern and contemporary mmos uh Mm -hmm. do what do you see needs like what needs to happen with ff14 to be able to make that a reality because with all of the different you know tools that we've been given in ff14 i I feel like that may not be capturable again i completely agree i'm not sure if it is capturable again um i think that what did bring people together in final fantasy 11 was the game's kind of objective flaws Mm -hmm. the combat system was inscrutable um the quest system was inscrutable yeah and it's I, I started playing before there were even exhaustive um, online guides. Right. And so there right. really wasn't a way to figure too much of the game out without just asking people, which is what created the incredible community. Final Fantasy XIV, on the other hand, everything about it makes sense. I mean, I say this in my article. It's like being on a cruise ship and you're ushered yeah. to like one tour, sought you by a gift, and then you move on to the next thing. It's totally seamless, which is great. It's a wonderful game. But... It doesn't have the same flaws that facilitated those sort of connections. I think that's a great point because there's, a, you know, there's a great saying out there that says restriction breeds creativity, and I think that that mm-hmm. is no more true than in FF11. And we, you know, we saw the community in the way that it would do creative things with jobs that, like Ninja that was never designed to be a tank, but yet they took yeah. and they ran with it and and figured out a way to do blink tanking and ninja tanking and evasion tanking that was never an intention for the developers. And even during the prime of the yeah. game when we're like, oh, Ninja needs better tanking abilities, the developer's like, what are you talking about? It's Ninja's not... not- <laughs> exactly and and so i don't yeah you don't really have that I've, I've i don't think in the the three years that we've been covering ff14 that a similar situation has ever arose because everything is so rigidly to what the developer wants out of the game and out of the community 1.0 was like that though i, I hate to keep going true. back there warrior was not a tank that's true warrior was dps but yeah. everybody took that route and it Became a tank in 2.0. That is also true. Um, that is also uh, I actually, think that one of the best encapsulations of what you're saying is the Red Mage class in Final Fantasy XI. Exactly, yeah. That was, that was a class that was intended to be a mage, but it turned out to be everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, there were... To everything. The, there Too were, bad they sucked at melee. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I mean, you know... You, you know, that's debatable. <laughs> you, you had bards, uh, you know, you, you had bards that, you know, served this very sort of... Uh, Flex position, red mages as well. Other jobs that came in later to FF11 also kind of uh, didn't have a defined role as we see with FF14 in the holy trinity that we have in uh, healer, DPS, and tank. Um, and so, I, I guess, I guess my follow up to to the last question: Have we worked ourselves into a place in MMO design? Where we can't actually do, you know, capture the same uh, feel or vibe that that these first wave of of MMOs had because we've had so many advancements, because we've had so many, uh, you know, there have been so many different things to come out and regulate you know, what is considered good game design versus bad game design. Have we just worked ourselves into a way where this is the only format that MMOs can now can now produce because an audience won't accept 
a deviation from that? I don't know. I don't know if I completely agree with that. I think there are a lot of really well-designed games um, for which developers leave a lot of room for players to imagine um, questions of lore or or just have like really inscrutable play mechanics that allow players to like have to come together and figure out these mysteries. So, sure. In terms of lore, I'm thinking about Overwatch, where there's yeah, you know, these really intricate characters but you don't know everything about their backstories and that's led to a lot of fan speculation that's brought people together mm-hmm. when i'm thinking about um play mechanics have you guys played hyperlight drifter by any chance i i haven't no but i've heard a lot about it yeah hyperlight drifter is a very confusing and difficult game um that doesn't really explain itself very well um but because of that the reddit community around it is extremely active and passionate about the game i don't see any reason why that sort of like intentional withholding of information couldn't be applied to MMO development. Well, the only reason that I say that is because MMOs have to meet a have to they have to meet a regular expectation, which is money. They, they, yes, I was going to say I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest uh, uh, hurdle right now is that WoW did it too well. Yeah. So now when you make yeah. a new MMO even even if it's successful with a subset of people, it's it's completely different and they're having fun with it. If it's not hitting a certain mark that the that you know the corporate execs and the, and the suits right. deem acceptable, it's a failure. But every game... Every- How much did we make fun of WoW players on Final Fantasy 11? A lot. That was inside joke yeah, yeah a lot mm-hmm. yeah that <laughs> was one of the game like wow because we thought wow was easy and impersonal right and that that's what i mean by wow doing it like too wow. well they they did yes. it so well that now people expect that but there's there's mm-hmm. there's the bottom line that you're also having to look out for because every game is also a business you know like you've also every game that comes out also has to turn a profit Mm -hmm. and the amount of resources that get thrown into an mmo between your servers and you know uh community up uh uh, upkeep and and things like that the amount that you're having to invest is a lot higher than your average triple a game and we've seen that if if an mmo doesn't make the whatever the minimum bar is for the expectation of the company that they'll either sell it off shut it down or change it to a a free-to-play model all of which are dangerous for the actual health of the game and i'm sort of wondering you know it it, because i feel like ff14 1.0 wasn't an an attempt to try to take some of these classic mmo concepts and insert them into a newer a newer MMO and that game failed so hard and miserably nobody liked it even even us you know like nobody liked that version of the game so it it, it just makes me wonder you know uh, in a macro sense uh if the genre hasn't worked its way into hasn't hasn't like backed itself into a corner uh, you know, inter- between the expectation for profit and the expectation on the audience for for common tropes, for common things. You know, you load an MMO, you expect to see the one through four skill bar. Yeah, right. You know, if you don't have that th- that thing when the game loads up, can your game still be successful enough to make money long term? I don't know. I just don't know. Um, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of rhyme or reason for why a game s- 
uh, an MMO particularly succeeds or fails. All we know for sure is it has to have a good IP. (laughs) Seems that way. Uh, Cecilia, we want to thank you for your time today. Uh, Your article was really, really fantastic. And I really want to encourage all of our listeners to go check that out at Kotaku. Uh, And I mean, just for anyone, whether you played FF11 or not, whether you're a long term fan of this show or, uh, you know, the Final Fantasy franchise or not, this is a really, really good look back on what the world of FF11 was like when we were all playing it. And uh, Cecilia, thanks again so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys would like to call up and uh, join the discussion, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715. That's LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you want to call in on Discord. We've got Kooky Persona hanging out. She'll be uh, taking your calls and filtering you along to us. Again, we want to thank uh, Cecilia for coming on the program and talking a little bit about uh, FF11 as well as her article on Kotaku. Kooky's got the links to those and has been providing them in the chat room. Please set that aside for after the show wraps up and uh, go take a stroll down memory lane <laughs> and uh, remember what it was like to be in the world of Von Adil. Uh, You know, we had uh, leveling and events were both, uh, you know, very different FF11 to FF14. The party size was different. The party size, yes. Six. I don't know of any... Did any any other MMO have a standard party size of six? I don't think so. But it it, it led for some really interesting party formation. Combinations, yeah. You you had a couple of flex positions in there that you could either fill with one of those roles like we were talking about, like Bard or Red Mage. But the thing with Bard and, and Corsair later on in 11 was that it was basically crucial to a good party because of the buffs that it gave were yes. so strong yeah yeah and and again we've got nothing like that it, it's it, it wasn't a it had basically no solo viability bard you yeah. could not play that solo mm-hmm. but it was one of the most crucial things because of you're right the way that it buffed your other party members and we don't see that we don't see everything has to be homogenized we don't see big party buffs in in ff14 we see a few that can be triggered uh you know every once in a while uh, through your rotation yeah but most everything is concentrated on your dps output not helping your party yeah I mean, the b- biggest thing we have really is maybe Astrologian buffs, maybe Trick Attack, and, um, and those are the like new Dragoon one. Doesn't he? Yeah, have like a Dragoon buff? Uh, the uh, Battle Litany. Yep. Yeah. These buffs, like, yeah, they're good, but they don't enable a party like a Bard did back in yes. Eleven Days because. Right. Like remember, it, hang it looked, on, remember when bards used to leave? Like you had a bard in the party. Maybe they were a really good bard too. They were the difference between getting up to a chain like nine hundred and dropping off at a hundred every you, time. You yeah. felt it fucking immediately. You felt it immediately when that bard left, and you're like, "Can we double march?" Oh, I'm gonna jack off now. Can, can we? <laughs> can we get rid of this blue mage and get another bard, please? <laughs> what is he doing here? I mean, you went from like a sixty percent hit rate to. Like like a 90% hit rate, and then you started doing double your auto attack damage. You, you replaced a bard with a dark knight? Well, he says he can pull two. God. <laughs> right? <laughs> it ha- is. He has stones. Uh, 
A good sleep, too. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, it, there, there was... I, I, Again, I don't know what to what to pin it down as for FF11, whether it was really good game design or really bad game design. Well, I don't here's know. The thing. Uh, someone in the chat, I actually told them to call in, but I don't think that they responded or, or if they were. Uh, Tristan Wolf said something like, you know, it's funny these guys sitting here talking about how it takes like three days and five deaths and, you know, two levels worth of experience to, to get to a point in a game and how they think that's fun. That was the reason that I quit FF11. And then uh, Cecilia said that it's the flaws that made the game. I agree. And it really was because, I mean, yeah. try and think about any any sort of media, any any book, any movie where they try to make this perfect world where, yes. you know, there's no resistance. Yes. Everything's Twilight. fine. It's boring. It is. Flaws, as you said, you know, restrictions. Yes. They they breed creativity. They 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 make things that you have to surmount. It's the same thing with music. If you listen to music that's been made within the last 10 years, we have amazing digital audio editing tools that make sound very easy to work with. I know I use them every day in my job, okay? But back when you were working with tape, Back back when when you actually had to spool that shit on reels and you were recording all 12 of your tracks at the same time and you couldn't go back and easily do dump ins that sounded very clean and very crisp. You had you had actual performances that were being recorded in a studio. When you listen to something like Tom Petty's Free Fallen, it has some inconsistencies in there it has some some you know it, there might even be a wrong note that somebody plays in there maybe you know someone coughed in the background of the recording but it was the best take that they had gotten from that session they decided to print it up and press it out put it you know uh, and put it out as a record you don't have that anymore these days the way that a band is recorded is you know you lay down the first instrument first and then you go and you put every other instrument you record everyone separately in their own vacuum and you erase digitally any wrong notes inconsistencies flat notes anything it just gets taken out within seconds and it's easy to do that's the real thing is that you know with tape it took it would take sometimes 25 minutes to be able to do the same process that you can do in three mouse clicks so having that you know having that ease to work with it but it also makes for way more boring homogenized safe vacuum sealed music that sucks and and, and that doesn't make an impact with me and and i feel like you can kind of take the same you, you can kind of take the same uh extrapolate the same idea uh, you know in mmos the more you round those corners mm-hmm. hashtag bring back the vinyl <laughs> the more <laughs> the more you round those corners the e- and you're a hipster the easier that you make it the less the more you want to vape <laughs> The, I, I really feel like you should have drops. I, I really <laughs> break out the trilby. I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather have drops right now. Uh, but I, honestly, like I I think that when you remove a lot of those uh, you know a lot of those rough edges, that you lose something in the translation. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it's just it's just weird that I've never really thought that it's the flaws of a game that 
that make it great because uh, uh, Tristan Wolf was 100% right. You know, there are certain things about that game that were dumb. Experience DK, sure, come on, sure. get out of here. Right. That, like, that was a good thing. N- no, it wasn't. Think right. of all the times and all the stories you have because you deleveled in <sighs> Dynamis and now you can't wear your gear. The it's, stories. It, 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 yes, it creates stories, but there are certain things you could have taken out of the game that would have still left it being a good game and, and just taken out some of the dumb stuff. I think XP should have been harsher. <laughs> You should have just lost straight up levels. Yeah. Every time, level down. Raise 3 should have been 10% XP restored. A game structure like FF11, I don't think, if that was a new game, just, you know, you updated the graphics on it, I don't think that no one would be into it. No. I, you no, know, because like, they'd log in, not know how to do anything and be like, I'm just going to go back and play. Wow. I have fun with that. Right. So you're right. Early, you, you, you mentioned about how are we backed into a corner? I think we are. I think we've diluted the genre so bad. Now, this yeah. isn't this isn't to say we can't have good MMOs, but, but it's, it's never going to be as successful. No, as you know the what ones it's now. You know what it's going to take. It's actually going to take someone coming out and not being just a wow killer, but someone that that subverts the gameplay mechanic that that shows MMO MMO players on a wide scale that you don't have to rely on the hot bar to be able to Is that all we're talking about no, then is it's just not removing just, the hot bar? No, it, but but the hot bar is sort of symbolic of every sure. of every groove or every uh pattern that MMOs have worked themselves into. Yeah, I I, agree. I, I think that it's indicative of uh, of of that whole, you know, if you we're going to make an. Can you name an MMO that's come out recently that doesn't have a hot bar? No. I can't. Nope. Honestly. No, nope. I really can't. Jux is trying. Nope. It's not going to happen. Uh, that's your answer. Yeah. That's job. the MMO that's came out that doesn't use a hot bar. Yeah. There Lord of the go. Rings Online uses a hot bar. It sure did. Mm-hmm. Guild Wars 2 uses a hot bar. Sure Star did. Wars. Yep. Yep. Star Wars. Our yep. great bra- uh, Lord and Savior, Blade and Soul, <laughs> uses a hot bar. Oh, God. Boy, did that burn out quickly. All of those people who really got upset at me about my comments about Blade and Soul. I was right. I may may have expressed myself kind of shitty in that one, but I was 100% right. You could not be any more right if I had tried. (laughs) Nobody, nobody is playing Blade and Soul anymore. Nobody is playing Black Desert Online anymore. What? Is it really just? Is are, it are really people playing Division? Is that no? Is that a hot bar? Uh, <laughs> no, that's actually that is a MM, uh, uh, FPS. Jexto wins. No, because that's an it's FPS. A, it's an FPS. MMO. It's an FPS with MMO aspects. Overwatch. Then Overwatch doesn't use hot bar. Oh wait, I'm sorry. That's a MOBA. Yeah, it's a MOBA, and it totally has hot bars. They're just tiny and off to the side. You can't click them though. I, I, I feel like in order for something to classify as a hot bar, you have to be able to have clickers in your game. I guess that that's fair. I guess that's so the, the distinction. Fr- the, first, the first MMO that can kill the clickers. Okay. Yes. Blade and Soul. Oh, God. You couldn't up. click in Blade and Soul? No. it was The camera was directly tied to your mouse. Oh, my God. It's like Lineage 2. There. Sure. Oh. Okay. So, Thank see? You. See? Ugh. But, but it, did, it didn't kill the clickers, did it? Ugh. No, it died. Ew. Ew. See, Blade what? and Soul tried to be different. No. They, they tried <laughs> to be inventive. They didn't. They just they just took another NCSoft game and said, hey, we're going to make a different uh, graphic version of this. Hey, let's go to our phone lines. We've uh, had Aldo Wolf Belmont of Sergeant Tannis hanging out for a while. What's up, Elder Wolf? 
Hey guys, thanks for uh, having me on. I appreciate you for uh, taking my call. Sorry if I sound a little uh, out of the weather. I've been up since six. So. <laughs> no, you're, it's all good. It's all good. I had one of those days yesterday. I was up till, uh, or I, I'd be up at four thirty for work, left at noon, back at six p.m. all the way to midnight. So that was that was definitely fun. What's going on, Elder Wolf? What do you want to talk about? Well, uh, you guys asked to call in earlier with uh, previous uh, Final Fantasy XI or previous MMO experience, and, and I guess I would say that one of the big things that made Eleven good is I think it was a mixture of you were forced to communicate with the community, and it was at a time where the internet was still hip, <gasps> if you know what I mean. Like, messenger programs were still hip. People were still using Yahoo messengers and guys, things aim. like that, and you were making friends on the internet for the first time like we were at that age where that was brand new trading gifts for your myspace pages who played ff11 for the first time on dial-up Oh, definitely. I did. I did. Definitely I me. I actually did. Yeah, uh, 100%. I lived on the and had dial-up for a while, and that made my parents get DSL just so I could play it. I, I, uh, actually, <laughs> I actually had that net zero free dial-up for a couple of right? for like a couple of months before uh, we had ended up getting... Having to log off because your parents needed to use the phone? No, we had a second oh phone God, line. We had a second oh phone line. I know. I know. First world problems. Yeah, I grew up rich. What are you talking about? We had a second phone line. Uh, Dedicated yeah. phone line for the internet. Oh, man. Uh, no. So anyway, so anyway, yeah, going back to that and the old experience. I mean, I made friends on Eleven. I, I started playing it. My boss, uh, when I worked at the game store, started making me play it. And then I ran into people um, that I, I started playing with. And I mean, I'm still friends with those people today. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Captain uh, was it uh, Doctor uh, Spachemin and Atlas Bramble, these are all players that I played 11 with all those years back in 2005, 2006. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I moved out to Denver to live with the old Pink uh, Shell leader back in the day. And, uh, you know, we actually grew apart because of Final Fantasy fourteen. I started running everything, and he was running into the problem that you guys are having now, where there's not enough content, community content. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I think what would bring this game back to that, that feel of 11 is just like when a sports team starts losing, they have to take things back to basics. So I think if 14 brought it back to maybe forcing your free company, like content to do with your free company, or small events to do with groups that you had to make like a link shell for, uh, if you just brought back small community events like that, I think a lot of people would would enjoy that kind of content again and that camaraderie that you had with you you know your guild mates and whatnot that's so hard to do in a game now though that's so hooked to the matchmaking system i mean hunts was basically that you had to yeah. get together to do hunts but right look where it yeah. is and, now and, 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 and you know and not to bag on guild work any more than we already do but look at a at a <laughs> program like guild work that served to automate that and and you know yeah you, you saw a lot of the same stuff in the first like three four weeks of pokemon go too where you know it, it, there's a inherent limiting frustration about the game the game developers say that is a part you know that like that's an intentional yeah, part of our you game. Have to go out and hunt and yes. talk to people and and you know there's always going to be someone looking for a way to automate it and for a way to to make that uh, you know make that quote unquote better but i think what the game designer needs to do is really sit down and ask what 
what is this event engaging in my audience? You know, what what is the you know, what is what are they going to have to do to participate in it? What's it going to do for the community? Because, again, I feel like matchmaking, you know, with with so with so much of the content being reliant on matchmaking that it, it serves to cultivate a certain transient attitude to the way that we have content and and i think the reward structure also serves to to reinforce this as well but we i I mean this is the exact spot that i'm in right now i've barely logged on for three weeks and i'm way behind an eye level but the thing is is i know I'm not motivated to catch up because I know as soon as the next patch hits, I'm going to be able to get all of that right out of the gate with no legwork or investment having to be done. It's not like I've got to go even do, you know, three quests to be able to start collecting the new type of tombstone or something. There's literally no investment that you have to make. There's no high watermark that you have to hit. There's there's just nothing to be able to participate in the next round of content. But I seem to remember back in 11 where they would put out a new piece of content and there would be like seven or eight story missions that you had to get, get that through. You can only do once right. every Japanese midnight. Right. You had to be geared enough for it too. And you had to have a yes. group that was going to text each other outside of the game and say, hey, eight o'clock tonight, we are going to get on and we're going to tackle this content. And you had to be there. You had to show up. I mean, my, my, my link shell gave points to people for participating in, in any sort of, you know, planned community event that we had going on. Zero veins and in you, the... Ch- you felt that you had to be there because you wanted to make sure that you were part of that community. So, I don't know, maybe they locked story content behind doing free company events, or maybe if free companies themselves take it upon themselves to have, like, a leveling Friday or a story content Wednesday. You know, I don't know that you can... Like that. I don't know that it's possible to take what's there, to take FF14 and actually turn it in, in, into something like what we're talking about with redoing something that's pivotal to the game already. You know, like, like it's going to take a, a new expansion being like, all right, you know what? We're just doing things completely over again, which I don't even think is necessarily unheard of. I mean, obviously, yes, they did it from 1.0 to 2.0, but I feel like that's on a much larger scale. Yeah. But, I mean, even World of Warcraft, in certain instances, have been like, all right, you know what? Talent trees, we're taking those away. We're going to completely redo them. This is a, a, Like, they've actually taken core concepts of the game and reworked trashed them, them yeah. and then yeah. reworked from the oh, ground yeah. up before. And I think that's something that FF14 is going to have to do if it wants to get out of this rut. I agree. I agree. Oh. And, and that's one oh. thing that it can learn from WoW is that, yeah, WoW does... You know, WoW does this sort of slash and burn method to events that it feels needs. Not even just events, but actual like like like, like core concepts, the like style. yeah, like yeah, the talent management. tree. That is what made your class your class. That's right. what made oh, it yeah. individualized. Right, and they just took it all out and was like, all right, we're gonna redo this now. I mean, it is a little bit well, ana- analogous to what, like you were saying, the 1.0 to 2.0 jump. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, well, you know, like in the World of Warcraft, you know, a month late, if you didn't play for a month and you log back in for a month, your talent tree might not even be used for what you use it anymore. Yeah, sometimes like, you log in and, and your it, talents and, have and been I'd be, re- And I'd be mad. I'd be like, damn it. I got to level up a whole, I got to redo. You know what, though? They attach you. They'd make you do it. You would do it. You'd sit there and you go, oh, well, I, I, I can't be a healing palette anymore because they're useless and raids. So I guess I'm going to level something else up or 
change the way I play reinvent yourself. Yeah. They hook you every time. They hook you every time on I, it. I, and, like, and I do feel like on, on the one hand, yes, that is supremely annoying. But on the other hand, it's sort of like, you know, I wish that FF14 would motivate me like that. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. it, it, it absolutely is irritating. I think you'd get people complaining about it. But then people would at least be talking about it. And they'd be logging in. Yeah. And they'd be well, logging in. Mean, yeah, I mean, they're they, going to they're gonna have to break some hearts to... Oh, absolutely. To oh, big time. Yeah. No, World I think Warcraft so. did it. My uh, my ex, who was a hunter, it seems like they change hunter every single expansion from the ground oh, yeah. up. Yeah. And it just, to, to no end, it just kills her. You know, there's a spec that uses melee weapons as hunter now. I think that's the one that she normally does. She probably hates that. Survival. <laughs> yeah, she hates it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alda Wolf, thanks for giving us a call today. We uh, we appreciate the call. You got any shout outs? Um, yeah, I'll give a shout out to uh, Dr. Spichemin. Uh, a good friend of mine, best healer I know. He's not a real doctor. Uh, though. Bramble, the, uh, the best bard on the server. So that's, that's what's up. Thank you, Eldewolf, for the call. If you'd like to call Limit Break Radio, Limit Break Radio on Skype, 810-515-8715, slash Discord. Uh, so yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about the matchmaking system we talked a lot about the reward structure and the difference between the two games i mean you know ff11 for what was it six years seven years had a completely horizontal uh yeah. progression do system. you know of any other game that's used a horizontal progression system not that i can think of no but that's the thing like with 11 you could change your gear in combat which allowed for the that wide variety which of you, horizontal. Yeah, you you needed the was, horizontal yeah, progression that was so unique though that was so unique to have gear swap macros and it, the even just the the ability to gear swap mid combat yeah. was very strange for an mmo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and while it did have its faults that those faults aren't something that if you wanted to utilize this particular trait you could make it better yeah uh, yeah. Skill chains and magic bursts. Oh my god! Yeah. Does Does any other game use a similar system like that where you have to combine like moves with combo. other people? Yeah, like combo them, match yeah. up elements to get different types. Right. Yes. I mean, there was a similar. There was sort of a similar system in 1.0, but it wasn't. It, it, it they were called battle regiments, mm-hmm. and they were not. I, I I mean, they were like. It was tough to do. It was tough to do, and they didn't really feel like you were doing anything interactive with your other party members. Because I mean, I was I would sit in the same room as my girlfriend and be like, "Fire it now!" And it really just didn't feel like we had. It, you know, it was like a cohesive party thing, like in eleven, where when you hit a skill chain, you were like, "Yeah." That's yeah, what's up. and where you had to, like, if you were magic bursting, yeah. like, all right, start your ancient magic. Yeah. Now you do your skill. Now I do my skill. Yeah. Exactly. And they were, like, what, up to level three? So you could change, like, ugh, it was yeah. so unique. I, Casting freeze now. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Exactly. <laughs> God. Some of these were great, man. I mean, like, I just, I, I, I loved... Loved some of these. It looks like we lost uh, internet. We did for a second, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I think we lost it again. I think we did, yeah, because the game actually just gave me a 906. I'm not connected to the chat. Yeah. Comcast. Yeah, it someone is. said Comcast it again. It is. I believe it is Comcast, so. Mother. I know, right? Dude, I... I, I, I had uh, Comcast pr- problems with... Uh, 
uh, with uh, when I was doing Eleven last night or last morning. Last morning. Yeah. Last morning. <laughs> <laughs> last morning. Yeah, it was weird. Like, um, I just randomly lost uh, my internet, and then obviously the stream went down. Uh, I started red dotting. <laughs> Wow. And the red dot. The red dot. Oh. The gaping asshole of interconnectivity. <laughs> uh, but I recovered, and then the stream came back up, so I was like, yeah. yeah. there was a weird point. I don't think I was streaming or anything, but I, I was just, you know, trying to do, like, online stuff where it was like, you don't have an internet connection. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah I do. And it came back eventually too. I, th I think I re reset the computer, or yeah. I like unplugged my uh, my wireless thing and put it back in. But I do I do sort of feel like this is very apt for an FF11 discussion because <laughs> I had connection problems. I got I had connection problems like crazy with specifically Comcast service. Episode title: Red Dot. Red Dot. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that's fair. you're right. No, yeah, because there wasn't there some big fiasco where like where where Comcast actually the way that they thrive something mm -hmm. specifically affected Final Fantasy 11 that is exactly correct yeah. um the early on I mean you know we all know that uh Comcast had there was a lot of really CD accusations about what they were doing behind the scenes to be able to throttle uh connection speeds in an attempt to stop people from pirating mm -hmm. a lot of it was done in, uh, under the auspices of Good trying word. to yeah trying to stop torrenting and stuff like that and Man, did that work <laughs> and as a right. as a side effect there were i mean there was a there's a percentage of players that would they would have their connection force you know forced off of the network every uh, god i don't know hour and a half and it would only happen for like 10 minutes and it would only happen to play online and and it's funny there's actually there is a um there is a, there's a fucking movie uh a documentary where some guy actually parsed out all of the network data from his own Comcast connection to be able to definitively pin down that Comcast was throttling was actually doing this because their their whole public uh, their whole public claim was that we don't do this. We don't. They never so admitted they to doing. Always say. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so you know, it, it is. I think it's pretty apt to have uh, the show go down right, right in the middle here. Right in the middle here. So. so I remember 14 was having that problem. They would ask us to send in those reports to help them compile all this data against everybody else's ISP. You know, you know what? I might remember, mm -hmm. might have remembered reading about something like that. I don't know yeah. if I played at the time. Um, I know they was they, it during one point or no, two point It was during two You would have to go and put your data, whatever you had, on the official forums, and it was <laughs> it was Wasn't so it, stupid. Is it like? Wouldn't that be like a like a point of like contention or privacy? Like show like posting all that stuff publicly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think a lot of it would. Uh, I think it would depend on the nature of the data that's inside of that report. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I, I think it probably purposefully hid some really you know really specific things like IP address or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I I'm not I sure how they would be able to do that. All the details that you had to put on. Yeah, there, no. Yeah. Neither do I. I. I feel like I, I somewhat recall something about yeah Square Enix having some deal with uh, uh how certain internet service providers 
especially with an, the NA. Yeah, something going to Canada. You know, something was stuff. something <laughs> losing was packets on. and shit. Yeah, yeah. I Where do- are those packets now? That's what I'd like to know. God damn it! Seriously. Deleted packets. Thanks, Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Do your job. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, so bad. Link link shells. Link shells were distinctly different. Also in an FF11, I think what the biggest difference was was uh, rather than link shells themselves because they were essentially just another chat channel. Was right. that there was a lack of actual like like guilds because you could have as many link shells as you could fit in your inventory. Right. Yeah, that's right? true. And I think that was always the 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 biggest thing was. Who do you really give your your loyalty to? Mm-hmm. You know, in, yeah. in games like WoW or Guild Wars or or even in FF14, like you have one guild, one free company, bunches of link shells, but your free company, your guild, like those were your friends, those were your family. Mm-hmm. They had your loyalty. You know, how many times were you getting ready to do Sky and like, you know, your main tank or your main healer, you know, they're off doing Dynamis with some other link shell. <laughs> you know, as, so as a result, what you ended up happening was each event sort of had its own individual link shell, maybe even ran by different people, but they were still all inclusive. Oh, but they were in this click. Well, but they were also competitive too. I mean, yeah. like there was yeah. there was also that aspect mm-hmm. of it, and I know a lot of people did not like that aspect of FF. Yeah, I mean, our our dynamo shell was uh, Obsidian. Was is is, is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but. Dynamis required so many people compared to Sky right. that you had like, you know, three or four link shells in Sky competing with each other, and then they all came to the same Dynamis link shell. And so it was like high school with all these cliques. You know, you had like the <laughs> punk kids and the nerds and the jocks. And it was terrible because there's so much drama going on. You know, now that I think back on it, that's probably the reason that Dynamis specifically just always seemed like such a pain to me. Really? I, I don't know. There's. There's almost something that I miss about the dramatic, the drama of yeah. eleven. Yeah, yeah. It made people talk about the game. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Drama for the sake of drama. Uh, Chris and I were actually talking about. I, I brought this up. Don't use earlier. my real name. Juxta, I used this earlier <laughs> that he had forgot about uh, when he was raiding in World of Warcraft uh, and they were doing Karazhan, the final boss, for the <sighs> seven months that they had been doing it. Seven. Months had never yeah. dropped the druid token that he needed. Never for seven months. One finally dropped, so he got it right. The next time they went in, another one dropped, <laughs> and he had the points for it. It was his, and he would have got an awesome two set bonus. At that time, the druid set bonus was like far beyond like anything could possibly get. Like it was. You still wanted that set bonus for a tier of gear later. Yeah. Which wow. in World of Warcraft was unheard of. And his guild was like, give it to the paladin. He hasn't got one yet. <laughs> he hasn't gotten a thing yet. It'll be fair then. And I'm like, no, I remember because I was, I was sitting we there. We DKP for a reason. I was sitting there when this was going on and he was like, like so triggered. Like, like his, his brain couldn't process what was going on besides to just say, no, <laughs> and I couldn't even like type out no. Like I was just like, are they like, serious? I, no. Is this for real? Is this real life? Oh, oh my god! But we're into that society now where everybody's spoon fed shit mm-hmm. like that. Wasn't that Rat I mean, Boy? <sighs> it was. Wait, wait, it was <laughs> the paladin who wanted the, the token? Was that Rat Boy? No, it couldn't have been. Could it have I been? I don't. I think it might have been. 
That's that would be funny. That so, would be funny. So, that, would, that would create like even more drama within our like little card playing circle. <laughs> I remember uh, another story with that. Um, the raid leader was my like one of my best friends at the time, and uh, a rare loot dropped. It was a recipe for the mongoose enchant, which was selling OP. like you could sell these things for like two hundred gold at the time, and I wasn't like the lead crafter, uh, lead enchanter at the time. You but were he, or weren't? I was not. Okay. And uh, my raid leader accidentally lotted that piece to me <laughs> instead of the actual uh, lead enchanter. And I'm going to assume at, at, at this point, <laughs> at this point, you couldn't trade it willingly back and forth at no. for a certain amount of time. Nope. Oh. Nope. nope. You became the raid enchanter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even have the skill to use it yet. Oh no. Uh, yeah. That is too funny. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but but I, I, it's that idea, and that's one of the things that that I always. That's why miss. drama is so good. <laughs> it makes the stories. Okay, to a certain extent, sure. I guess drama is good, but uh, it could also be bad. I know it's such a fine. It's a slippery slope. Okay, <laughs> walking on that line is such a slippery slope. You know, funny it, drama is good. It's well, it's it's like Webster Wolf said earlier that all the all the reasons that we're saying FF14 was great, they hated it and they left. Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah, th- there's certain things that you want to keep in there, but then there's certain things that you can maybe trim out so that it creates these same situations that you know creates this this drama or this need, you know, this 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 obstacle that you have to overcome and surmount, but then you can take out all the annoying little things, right? Like, for example, going through Ordell's Caves and needing, like, potion, you know, uh, sneak oils and stuff like that to get to the point that you want. Keep that. Yeah, keep that. Experience decay? Come on. We No, we need that. No, we don't. It, look, it's no, just like, it's just like... No, no that's actually one thing we really need because that makes death have a meaning. price. <sighs> yeah, meaning. Yes. I, I would love to see price. that back. And actually, we should... I'm going to say raise three, too strong. <laughs> raise three should take away more XP. <laughs> raise three should only be like 50%. Raising someone, raise one should actually take more XP. Like you use the person's XP to raise them. <laughs> yeah, so raise <laughs> three actually just costs zero XP. You know so what? you're like yeah. paying the ferryman at the river sticks. To yeah. come back. Yeah, yeah. to come yeah. back to where you're currently at. That actually makes a lot That's of sense. That's terrible. That is so bad. <laughs> That's so terrible. You know what? Hard mode. Well, look. Pitches. For example, you know what created a lot of drama and created some amazing stories? Choo choo gob. <laughs> right? Gob yeah. trains. Yeah, but the they also yeah. they yeah. also ruined partying in that zone for like hours at a time yeah. if people were <laughs> stupid and not paying attention. That was something that had to go. It did. Because now you still get the people that'll train things and they'll die and they'll mess it up for themselves <laughs> and the parties. And you can still be like, ha, 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 look at that gob train, but it doesn't fuck it up for everybody else around you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no, but with a caveat. I think gob train should still like kill all of the other parties, but they should go back to their spawn a little quicker. So it actually adds another element to people being dickheads and being bad at their jobs and lives. Um, so when you have a gob train, everyone needs to get the heck out of Dodge, but like they should go back after like, you know, like. Two should, or three minutes. Should they still should they walk back little by little so someone else can retrain them, or should they maybe just depop and repop where they're supposed to be? They can depop, but like depop. have them like just patrol for like two or three minutes first, just mm-hmm. so they can kill 
uh, other wayward party. <laughs> you know, like so stuff people can in still like NPK a, you, like in a yeah. one hundred yom area, just destroy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely terrible. No, I mean, they 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 need to bring back. They need to put in fourteen stuff that is say like leveling that is meaningful. I mean, you get to one to fifty or sixty with no time, and there's. I got a whole bunch of 60s, you know? You want to level my characters for me then? No. I'll pay you. No, well, okay, maybe. But no, I mean, even. You give me your phone, I will pay you in Pokemon. I will Pokemon for you. Yeah, I have no Pokemon. That has no value to him, though. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't play the game. But, I mean, anything, with uh, even rating, I mean, we only have Alexander. I mean, get stuff, more big dungeons in. That has meaning to it. No, I mean, that's that, that's definitely true. Because even even if you look at Sky, right? How many things were there actually to do in Sky? Kieran, that was like the big top one, right? Yeah. Then you had four gods underneath that. Then you had eight underneath mm-hmm. that, right? Like, so how many fights is that within this one area zone? Yeah. Uh, whereas, Thirteen. Whereas now with Alexander, <laughs> okay, yes, thank you. And now with Alexander, 13. we I'm gonna walk <laughs> over there and I'm gonna hit you in your head. I'm just trying. You I, asked no, how many? Right in your head. It was rhetorical. <laughs> is that actually a drop? It, it sure is. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, point being, though, and and we've we've uh, talked about this on the show, and in fact, a Nero has been very very vocal about this idea: is that if you are a bleeding edge game raider, you have four fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's it. it. This well, makes me think that oh, Yoshi, yeah. when he says he was all he played all these MMOs, he might have been a filthy casual. <laughs> Look at all the content we have. It's all directed towards casuals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there obviously needs to be more than just four fights, but I think that mostly stems with their design philosophy for the end game raids. Or lack of design. No, it's, no, it's definitely that, because it's not even just like we have this bi- big, giant, beautiful zone that they only put four yeah. bosses into. Mm-hmm. It's four rooms with four bosses. Yeah. That just seems so ridiculous to me. I mean, even if we look at World of Warcraft, the only places that had like four bosses yeah. was a dungeon or 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 winter grasp or literal things that were like um the basically the primals. They had like yeah. a dragon in a zone and that was it. Yeah, I mean Oldwar yeah. had had like 20 something bosses, didn't it? Yeah. Now granted, that's like the pinnacle of raiding, but even uh, even Karazhan. Karazhan's the pinnacle. Okay, fine. Old War is still held pretty high, though. Yeah, it's under Karazhan. Okay, and then and then even Ice Crown Citadel had thirteen of them in it. Yeah, four bosses. Yeah, for an. They misstepped this so bad. I, I mean, mean, you're looking at, a, an, at an entire expansion. Yeah, your raid bosses. You have twelve of them. Yeah, that's it. And technically, not even really twelve. It's not even at, a raid. They're at any primals. Give, at any given time, there's only four. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 you're right. They're essentially primals that they you do in that order. Midas so badly. There's one point I think you even made a reference to this a while ago. You can look out into Midas and see this huge area. Yeah, the huge make city it a thing. fucking huge area raid where we can go into these places yeah. and then find these bosses and fight them. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, that's what I would want. Yeah, I mean, explore it, Alexander. It would make the game engaging on the. On the end game area. Looking back at what we have now, mm-hmm. they could take Diadem, they could take Treasure Hunts, and they could take, hell, at this point, they could take Deep Dungeon. Get rid of all that stuff, and instead spend all your time turning Alexander into one big actual zone, zone. that you explore. Yeah. And not even not even just fighting the bosses and challenging, right? 
put little these little tiny special mechanics or patterns or something into trash mm -hmm. so that when you're talking about progression, yeah, we're, we're past the first two bosses and the first trash pull. We're still trying to work on downing the second trash pull. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All Don't right? make it a big thing where you can, like, say a tank grabs everything in the area and everybody just AOEs it. I mean, right. put in little nuances that you could not do that. So that we feel like, as a party, we are actually trying to, like, fight our way through, yeah. like, like SWAT style, yeah. through yeah. this huge, giant... Area. enormous yeah. area and don't just oh oh one or two drops per boss right like you really need to redo your that, that reward system it sucks that <laughs> reward horrible. system is so bad yeah. it really is every single time it's the same thing that yeah. has me so checked out i've gone to deep dungeon twice guys oh we're I've talking about that now i've done just it just once. everywhere just everywhere the fact that deep dungeon only gives you a weapon that's the only reason we're supposed to do this mm -hmm. and a couple minions and mount no yeah no i mean True. i realize that but no that's not enough that is not enough and to be look i know that you think that the light weapons are cool but they're they're not they are boring. They are unimaginative. No, they're you cool. You can't even dye them to glow different colors. Now, that would be awesome. Yeah. Please look forward to it. Yeah, that's exactly what they'll say. And then there's those idiots out there. Well, there's only, there's, what, 150 more levels we're going to get. We'll get that other stuff. Okay. I don't give it a doesn't, shit. Yeah, it doesn't matter if, the, if it's just going to be, okay, so fine, fine. The 150 levels come out, and now we're going to get, like, what, glowing armor? Yeah. I think you're going to add more more glow effects to the glow weapons. <laughs> That's what I perceive. What would make them cool is if they were just the hilts, and when you picked them up and equipped them, they were like lightsabers. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do for the books? Pages. <laughs> yeah, every page flashes a different color. I also feel like auto attacks for the book should be that you like fling a page out. <laughs> Paper cut them to death. But, right? but, but, yeah. but it's like a page of light. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Did you give him a, a mouthful? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, what do you do when when your internet service goes completely out on you mid-show? You know, either you sit there without any internet service, or you call them and say, "Get off your fucking ass and do your fucking job." Your mic's off. Wow. <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. Wow. I'd have told you sooner. Oh, cool. Well, I'm no, sure. It, sound it, it sounded like you were coming in back yeah, in from the yeah, room. So yeah. it makes sense. Okay. <laughs> good job. Oh, good. You're very good at so, you're talking. To, uh, to catch you up, we basically just been complaining about reward structure and the lack of raid. I've, been raid. I've, <laughs> I've, I've actually been paying a little bit more uh, attention to what's the conversation that's going on in this room than I was to what was happening on mm -hmm. the phone. That generally doesn't require a whole lot of explanation or attention because it's just going fix your shit mm -hmm. fix just fix it i don't care what you have to do just make sure that i don't disconnect for the next five fucking hours that's all i need you to do because i pay you a lot to make sure that that's what happens god damn it anyway uh sorry about the uh interruption there mm. get it back to the studio i thought we don't apologize in the show though Mm. Kahlo comes back and now we start apologizing again. <laughs> Do we have to apologize for Kahlo being again? Here? I mean, should we not apologize for Kahlo like in general? Well, I thought that was a given. Man, I thought that that would be just kind of the appropriate thing to do. It's like the implied thing. Yeah. 
I have to slowly get the eye cam back up. <laughs> slowly. Yeah. What? It really well because it's go right up there. The, yeah, I know. I I see it. Oh, I see it. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. I, I was trying to help you speak. <laughs> my immersion. I know, right? The giant keyboard in my face. There's a HUD there. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. Ugh. I'm just I'm Ugh. ruining everything. I'm in break radio. Oh, but I mean, what? When failing podcast. They are so on their way out. I know, right? Even Comcast is helping. <laughs> Comcast is really trying Get to do them foil a favor. Get your foil hats on. Get your foils. Yeah, seriously. But things don't mean anything in No, 14, well, they don't, like they though. they did in 11. They don't. I, I, I mean, they absolutely don't. Uh, I, I'm not motivated to, uh, you know, to. It, it, you were saying, I, I agree. The shiny weapons are shit. I mean, yeah, they're statistically relevant and even then, just barely. Marginally. Just barely. But that's the only reason to do Deep Dungeon. Period. Pretty much. Why, yeah. why go back after... I mean, the Minions and mounts! Shut! Even, okay, even after you get the minions in the mount, though! Because the other thing is, since there's no lockout, there's no requirement to go in, you can just grind that stuff out super quick. Mm-hmm. Materia 5. Makes Nidhogg that worthless. you can get from other places too. I, that, and well, a, how many different places can you get tier five materia out of now? I mean, just, I, uh, I feel just like void it's art, pr- right? Yeah, void art. Well, diadem, diadem, void art, diadem. Can you get from a diadem? Sure, you can turn in the okay, pirate well, spoils. All right, yeah. pause, pause. Hold on. Uh, you have to have a group to go into diadem. Not, I mean, I dude, I stack spoils. I I still got tons of them from when I was doing them. But he is right. Yeah, need a party in there don't pops it. nobody was talking to you <laughs> all right <laughs> trying to contribute <laughs> well, well don't stop. don't no but i, I mean now like, that we don't need you no more get the fuck out of here <laughs> well let, let, hang on let me ask you guys was was the adjustments to materia do you th- i mean th- we thought for a while that that would be game shattering and and, and that, that would change that that would change up thank you well appreciate no, hold on hold because on guess what this is what happened i just don't even bother materia my gear I think that the changes in materia were good, right? Because I think your dicks are good. Why? <laughs> Why though? Why? What? It's it's now made materia a little bit more viable in the marketplace. I mean, now you don't go and look, and it's just like, you know, like if you need to make money, it, it has a uh, 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 people have a way to make money now. There's actually reasons to go out and get it. Is it an interesting choice or change? No, it's not because you're just gonna put whatever your your highest weight stat is into your slot but you're pre you're sort of predispositioned yet yeah, to to put whatever the highest thing in that slot that already you know that's not already assigned to the gear so it just feels like why why bother what uh, it, it, it you know it seems like yoshi p has really wanted to avoid this like you you have to be locked into one thing to be successful at your job but when you look at job rotations and you look at things like materia that's not adding any amount of dynamics to the game it's not i mean it's it's more based on whether or not you can you know your success as a dps in this game is more reliant on how well you can memorize a pattern Mm -hmm. as opposed to anything about your gear it seems like seems like gear has so much less of of an impact on the numbers that you put out as because someone with great gear and a shitty rotation will do way worse numbers than somebody with a great rotation and just suboptimal let's gear. put it this way then materia is now worth more but it's still meaningless yeah yeah but that's just that's that's inflation 
You're just in. That's that. You're just. It just, infl- make, it just makes your piece of gear not as good until you actually can, can actually materialize. It's it's absolute artificial inflation to be able to to give materia value that it normally wouldn't have. That's so yeah, I there's said. an there's an economic value just to it. Just was right again. I wouldn't go that far. But just there's like flying mom. But there's no. <laughs> it, it didn't actually make a difference in the way that we play or think no, about gear or rewards. It doesn't. But now, because material is being used more, not this will happen, but it's my hope that at some point, maybe down the road, and who knows how many years or, or expansions, that we will start to get material that's more than just statistics. But I mean, if... In 5.0, when we have one expert dungeon every two patches. <laughs> but, but I mean, if Yoshi P is trying to get away from the idea that, you know, like, look, you have to have a pair of O-coats or you're a shitty samurai, I, you know, I understand wanting to get away from that, but I feel like we've gone too far in the other direction where everything's homogenized and now the only difference that we have between players is okay but you know that's on is us. that pattern that's on us that is absolutely on us because just by saying all right now you can put materia in your in any of your gear that's not saying but you have to put in the like, like, like that's us doing that right but if a tank any tank that puts parry materia on their <laughs> uh, on their gear is a fool okay but parry it feels a little bit different because it's parry, right? Or accuracy. I mean, there's no reason for a tank to put accuracy on anything Okay, but ever. then is, is that on us or, or is it on the developers? I think it's on the developers. I, th- I, I, I think that... You talk of parry, it's definitely the developers. Well, pa- in, in yeah. the case of parry, yeah, you're right because it, it doesn't do anything. Right. But let, let's, say, let's say with black mages, right? It's spell speed. Like, spell speed is flat out insane compared to everything else, right? Mm-hmm. So is it then on them to what? Make it so that all stats have the same weight? No, that's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the it just systemically you there, upset somebody. There's there's problems with Lynette it. Lynette Himiko <laughs> says in caps, "Lol, no reason to put accuracy on tank. Are you serious?" Hey, <laughs> fuck burp. You you douchebag. He wants to know if you're serious. Yeah, ser- why he, would he's I serious why Lynette? Would, why would I? Why would you? Uh, Call the show and tell us why would you put accuracy on the tank? Uh, because when you're raiding, you don't have the accuracy capped. Duh. Oh, okay. see, see, that's the problem, Lynette. He doesn't raid, so obviously you can't talk on this subject. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> don't don't worry, Lynette. I, I put him in his place for you. <laughs> I, I he's but, been served. But um, I mean, honestly, like it, there is no there's no dynamics to it, and. You know, anyone who does try to break the mold. I mean, there's only four stats to choose from if you're a melee. Sure. Really. I mean, really, it's the same way for mages, too, right? And even then, there's really only three remotely usable ones. And then there's only two that you would do. Exactly. You only have accuracy until you're capped, and then you do critical hit rate. So if you you can't do your main stat. The end. How is that better? Like how how is that better than you know not having the option whatsoever or or, or someone needing a, a a rare drop or a rare item to be considered a quote unquote good you know considered good at their job I mean I get that one you know in in FF eleven a lot of it was stat driven a lot you know a lot of it is gear driven but if I mean if we're just taking all of the emphasis off gear and putting it solely on rotations i'm just i'm asking is that more fun i don't think that is more fun 
Because I, now I think the once rotation you lo- should dictate what the fight is. Say like one fight. I mean, you shouldn't have to re- memorize. I'm sorry, memorize one rotation for every single fight. And that's, I think the fight should dictate what the rotation. Well, is. but that I, I, the the dev team. I think the dev team justifies it by saying, "Well, the moves that whatever you're fighting is doing that will break your pattern, and you have to adjust for that." But I think you bring up a really good point that you don't have to learn separate patterns for separate fights. You learn one pattern for your job and that serves you through all the way till the next patch cycle. At least, at least that's the only time we've ever seen, uh, you know, we've ever seen um, uh, a new rotation. It, yeah, yeah. Any change in the rotation. And that's because they uh, raised the level cap and added a whole bunch of abilities in there. So unless you What's up, Jax? Hey, oh, oh, my drops my. are back. Look hey, at that. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> people, people were really enjoying you doing them. Melky's like he can't even get them right. Seriously. Well, it's hard can't to do. Even, fuck you, you douchebag. Can't even say it a, right. There's a beep in there too. So can't like, even say hey, it. Hey, right. beep you, you douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> you try it. Uh, it's I'm, hard. I'm not the drop guy. Yeah, no. Like my we dick. Don't, we don't have to. <laughs> my dick is so hard. <laughs> Okay. When a Nero gets mad, Juxta gets hard. <laughs> <laughs> you must be hard a lot. Kylo, things have changed since you've been gone. <laughs> I have, think I need to be gone more. <laughs> things have changed. No, but a I, lot. I, 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 I mean, I, I think I again. Th- you know what? You're done. <laughs> You're done. And your drops are done too. No. Yeah, he sorry. Just got him back. I, I, he just got him back. Yeah, I know. I know. Too bad. Too fucking bad. Uh, you shouldn't have abused your mic privilege by breathing into it or breathing at all, really. <laughs> no, but I, I, again, I, I just I, I, it, it makes me wonder, you know, what can be changed at this point to even make the game feel fresh or different Outside of just adding more abilities and making our rotations bigger. Again, you only ever need to know one rotation for each job that you play. Here here we go. You don't know. You don't ever need to learn anything else. and, And the gear doesn't require you to go out of your way to get it. No. No, you just you're you're given more points every week. Each time you do a thing. And the thing is not even interesting or engaging. And you take those points, you trade them in for the most relevant gear. And then you decide whether or not you want to go raid to get another tier of gear that will really only help you if you're raiding. And it'll be outdated here in a couple right, months. So this is and, what- and we'll be outdated <laughs> by normal tone gear. <laughs> or even dungeon gear yes! four months down the road. Exactly. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to see, Square Enix. Yoshi, to you specifically, Yoshi. Yoshi. All right. One of the things that I think you are most applauded for when it comes to creating Final Fantasy XIV 2.0 is the fact that you have taken so many different aspects from so many different games and incorporated them into something that when we first got it was real fresh, see, felt real original, which is ironic considering that you know you took a lot of these things from other games and came up with something, you know, a new formula, right? Right. Don't stop doing that. Right. Okay. Keep borrowing from the other games. Specifically, and I know it's going to seem weird me saying this, but specifically from World of Warcraft. Break it all down. I mean, just recently, I don't know which expansion it was, but they did a huge numbers crunch because it was to the point where like tanks had like 500k HP and they're like, 
that's too much. These numbers are getting ridiculous. And they basically crunched everything back down. So now, okay, tanks are back to like 10K HP, which seems like a nerf, but I mean, everything was scaled. Like, that's a right. big change is, to make. Well, that's, yeah, that's a very fundamental change. But what was something else that WoW did recently? I, I, I feel like we got either an email about it or something, but I feel like WoW did something with some of their main characters. Like, they killed off some main characters Hell recently. Yeah. Oh, my God! I just found out about this, like, yesterday! They killed off my boy Vol'jin! Good! No! Fuck you! Kill that stupid fucking fuck troll! you! And your face. All generals need to die. Fuck you. Fuck the trolls. I hate you. Well, the only good trolls are dead trolls. Fuck off. Is it, I mean I it, I mean jeez look at look at the look at the level of emotion that's inspired in you. I don't think that we've had you know we haven't had that kind of debate here on the show since the Sultana died. And I, that I, wasn't even a debate. We all agreed it was stupid that they brought her back. Yes, that's true. But uh, uh, you know I think we should have killed the Sultana again. What is, uh, is it? Is it really going to be Blizzard that that blazes us into the third generation or the fourth generation of MMOs? They blazed us I'm into God, the new FPS generation. I so don't. Yeah. I so don't want it to be Blizzard that's at the helm of this again. I, I, look, no, uh, not taking anything away from Blizzard, but a lot of the structural decisions that they made for World of War, Warcraft were great for World of Warcraft, but not great when other developers tried to apply that same thing to their game. And I would actually I would I would actually oh disagree with you a little bit here, Kahlo. Oh and what and I would say Square Enix maybe should pay less attention to what WoW is doing. And really, you know, like I like the idea that they're going back to first gen MMOs and trying to adapt some of those ideas. But well, at the at the end of the day, I think that I think that the FF14 dev team has to be asking themselves if they're properly motivating their player base right. and for how long. No, you're right. I agree on that. I don't think that they should take ideas from World of Warcraft, but I think that they should take a cue just in the fact that it's okay to you know, break something down and rebuild it up from the ground up. Right. It should still be okay, original, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it should still be your own, but don't be afraid to be like, all right, you know what? What we're doing with rating right now it's not working. Look, we're not doing that again. It's kind of surprising that we're even having to say this to Square Enix or Final Fantasy 14 because they did it so readily and they did it so well with the transition between 1.0 and 2.0. But at the same time, they had a different motivation there. They were hemorrhaging money. Mm -hmm. They were hemorrhaging money because of this IP. WoW's not in the same position. It's true. And WoW is kind of in a unique position where they can kind of afford to fuck things up. Oh my god. For like six, seven, eight months, a year, two years, and they will not actually see that big of a hit to their bottom line. Blizzard is Marvel and Square Enix is DC. It, oh god. Fuck. <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, unfortunately, you're not really that wrong let's go back uh, i was actually just gonna go back to our phone lines and i think our internet cut out again no again i think it did it's oh mother so bitch. so fucking frustrating tablet's still connected every f I, I don't I, okay, I, all right we got it we got him on uh online for another uh, 30 minutes that's good enough let's kill him off again <laughs> that guy yelled at me. I don't like him. I, I kind of... Dude, I kind of... I, I mean, it's back again. I, I don't know. Should we try taking... Do we want to try to take a call? 
Should we try? He's already on the line. So yeah. All right, let's. Well. Try. All right, Brainor. Uh, hoping you're still on the line, Brainor. Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. Hey guys, how are y'all doing today? Hey, uh, glad to uh, hear you there. Sorry, we're having some uh, technical problems on our end. We're uh, trying to yell at uh, Comcast as much as humanly possible, but that only gets so many things done. Uh, thanks for calling, Brainor. What would you like to discuss today? Well, I wanted to first, you know, start with this and say that I'm glad to have me back, you guys, back in the eleven days. And it was you guys that got me into 11 in the first place. Nice. And then when y'all came back for the 14 show, I can't, just because there's no passion about 14, I can't bring myself to even start. Ooh. And I've talked to you guys on in chat before, yeah. but like, I remember the passion of the 11 days. I remember, you know, that, that, that envy of walking up to somebody that had fully geared out and you're just like dear god how do i get this right yeah that and, and that's just, something that just <laughs> not, has just gone away completely from ff14 in 14 it's yeah. that'll be me in five weeks yes yep. exactly it's sort of yeah. like it's a uh pr- um an, uh, uh not a predisposition but like a predetermined fact yeah basically that yeah. you can basically assume and extrapolate out yeah i'm absolutely gonna get this and that's frustrating yeah and i mean it it was one of those things like with 11 you could spend hours and hours and hours and not even realize how long you had been online that's true but i mean just sitting here talking to you guys on in chat whenever y'all are stream or streaming or whatever it's like all right well we've been on for an hour and we're done with everything that we could possibly even think of doing for a week have a nice week I know how you know? how ridiculous is that, especially when you compare it to FF11. That you're like, all right, I'm done for the week, right? Yeah, my job's <laughs> done. Yay! I, I that was something yeah. that never. <laughs> I, I, I mean, when I quit FF11, it was like, like it was like pulling off a band aid. I did not want to. I did not want to. You close had stuff my to do. I, I, you had stuff to do still. I know, and I and you felt that yeah. too. You you there was a bit of that tug as you would try to close yeah. your account, or you know, really what it was is I couldn't I couldn't continue spending ten dollars a month on a game that I didn't play, mm-hmm. and I had to make you know I had yep. to make that painful decision. You had and to put really, down old yeller. It was legitimately. <laughs> It was legitimately a painful... It was hard to do. It was difficult to do. I was yeah. sad when I did it. Fortunately, I had ah, FF... He'll be missed. Fortunately, I had FF14. You, oh, yeah, I was going to say, don't you have your drops back? I forgot to unmute them. I forgot to unmute them. I hit that one, thank you very much. But no. No, I had to do that manually. <laughs> manually. <laughs> but I, honestly, like it, there's nothing in this game that has... Hold me the way that FF11 would, and even up to the point where I was like, I'm I'm not logging in anymore. It's a waste of money for me to keep th- throwing it at this game that I just don't play. But there was still something there that really kind of like I was sad to walk away from my character. I don't know that I would be sad to walk away from my FF14 character. No, I a- there was there was a deep emotional connection yeah. to your your 11 character. There really was, you know. There was also your reputation. There was your reputation that followed you on your FF11 character. That that's unique. Yeah. I don't I don't know that that same level of reputation follows you in FF14 to this day. I just don't know. 
and I mean, and, and just because of that, I still can't bring myself to even think about even going buy a Fortnite. So okay, so know? Brainer, what could what could Square Enix add to fourteen? To make you change your mind. I mean, you've never even dropped the $60 to begin with on the original product. What could they do to actually... I mean, because they've they've thrown login weekends at you. They've thrown 14-day yeah. free trials at you. Have you tried the free trial? Nope. Not, not even, even, not not even, even Not even motivated to even try the trial. What could they do to they change that? They have male cat girls now. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I recommend people to play FF14 for the main story quest alone. I can't give you a real good reason to stick around after that and play week after week after week, but it's at least worth it to play through for that. Isn't it a little scary that you're saying that as a, a, a host on one of the biggest yeah, FF14 podcasts? It sure is. It, it is. And, and the thing is, is I, I'm not... I'm not trying to argue that or, or shout it down because there, there is an intrinsic level of truth to it. You've got to be able to find. Yeah. You've got to be able to find your own motivation right. to play I, this I'm game. I'm not saying that there isn't right. a, a motivation. Uh, exactly. Yes. I had it at one point. I mean, one of the last shows that I was on, I told you there was a person in the in my stream one time that said, "Kahlo, how do you keep logging on every day and yeah. playing?" You, yeah, you I jinxed th- me. <laughs> well, you. you, you I mean, I th- joke. You. Bitch. I think. <laughs> I think you had stayed enthusiastically logging in far longer than than any, any of us, of us. Yeah. In, into this into this specifically this patch cycle and, and nika being on but away doesn't count well and she i i feel like having structured events and stuff like that helps her it, yeah, yeah that it sort of changes the the nature of the conversation uh anyway so brainer what could they do to get you in the door they could they could if they added things like you know i remember how proud i was of just getting my my leaping boots for the first time in in 11 if they added equipment that you could use, I, I was a dragoon, you know, oh mm. boo, boo hoo, but you know those boots you could hold on to from literally level what was it, fifteen till forever, you know, and it's things like that that I just it, it it makes me cringe to think, dear God, how often would I be having to swap all of my gear? Right, and there was an actual game. There was an actual gameplay mechanic that was attached to it. You had to go out and you had to camp this admittedly very easy NM, but it was a rare spawn, right? So the mechanic that mm-hmm. you're dealing with is not necessarily the difficulty in the fight, but the mechanic the mechanic that you're dealing with is competing with other players and waiting for that spawn to hit. And yeah, automatically from the get go, you're engaged with two mechanics that will be with you for the entirety of the game. And those are fair. I mean, they they make it feel like it's sort of like it's it's got an element uh, of um of uh, I don't know almost gambling in it. Sure, but because here, here's it, where the problem yeah. with that lies. Because but it, it hits it hits in that same sort of like receptor group in your brain yeah. that that gets pleasure from when you win gambling. Right? But is that but that mechanic specifically yeah. the waiting around one? Do we really want that back? Because I feel like the stuff that we miss is attached to stuff that 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 on paper just seems so terrible. Yes. So asking whether I think it depends on how you do it, because if you added a set of gear that was able to take you 
from, let's say, I don't know, maybe 15 all the way to 50, right? You're going to have this gear while you're leveling. And then once you get to where the new level cap started with Heaven's Word, we'll have we'll progressively start giving you new stuff, right? I feel like FF14's approach to giving the player that would either just to have it show up in your MOG delivery box or it's like a level one quest that you get or a quest chain that you get all these rewards out of. Whereas FF11, right, like you had these great pieces of gear that you could use for a really, really long time. And you had to actually put in some effort to be able to get access to those and use them to their fullest extent. Most people played the game without ever getting leaping boots, right? Got them. Both of them. But they they weren't a requirement. But if you you knew about them, it, it it felt like you knew something that somebody else did and you know what that's something else that added to the the this living world because i remember the first time i had a little taru friend he was uh he was a a white mage and a black mage and eventually a red mage yeah i'm sorry uh named kamal and i remember he came up to me one time and he's like i heard about this monster this lizard called leaping lizzie yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that drops these boots that's like four <laughs> mil and i right. at that point because we were, we were like level like 20 ish like that type of money i'm like what <laughs> That type of thing exists in yeah. the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we went there, yeah. we're camping, and we're running around and stuff like that. And we started after four, we started getting so discouraged. And he's like, "I think it popped. I think somebody said it popped. I think I think it popped." And we were like, "All like, oh man, well, I'm like really down and out." And he's like, "Wait, no, no, it didn't. It could still be out there." We're like, "Holy shit!" And we started like running around our little things again. <laughs> but and at this point, I yep. never heard of really NMs or these drops before, so it was like pursuing this urban legend. Yeah, yeah, and and, and yeah. And Equip plus three boots of kicking. It's, <laughs> and it, and, <laughs> I mean, look. Some of this has to do absolutely with the era that 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 we were in, the culture of the internet at that point. Like, obviously, obviously, we all had the internet. You needed the fucking internet to play the game. But the level of communication that was happening over the internet was to um like it was minuscule compared to what it is now people think pick things apart very quickly people dissect things very yeah, no, very quickly you're really and, and like zero vein says but uh you know with guides and youtube how can that kind of stuff happen again exactly it, that's a great point it can't it can't it can't you're right no you're, you're absolutely right this kind of or stuff maybe it can <laughs> if flashpoint <laughs> flash reset the timeline could, final fantasy take... point <laughs> no it, it, it can't but not it even could, just we, that we would have to even if they could recreate it, we've already lived through it once right. in our first MMO. Yeah. I don't think it can be created. So you have to come up with something new. I'd like for them to, I, I would like for the FF14 development team to be asking themselves the same basic questions that we're asking ourselves, right? Like, I, I'm not sure exactly why. FF11 motivated me so much more than FF14, but we've dedicated now almost uh, two and a half hours to trying to... To figure out what it is? Yeah, to... to, you to, know, to I know what... It, part of it's definitely the difficulty, right? Because oh, it yeah, was and, personal. And, uh, yes. If you couldn't get past something... It was personal, which 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 Cecilia perfectly points out in her mm-hmm. her Kotaku article. Because yeah, and, and it, it comes right back to the way that that, that it's just set up mm-hmm. is even if you can't beat something in fourteen, I'll wait for the next expansion. Then I'll kick your ass. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't like that in Final right. Fantasy XI. Right. If you wanted to get C, you had to get C. So every time you lost, it got personal. It's like yeah. in Pokemon Go. Yeah, if yeah, something yeah. keeps breaking out of my ball, <laughs> you guys just run away. Not for me. You make me waste more than 10 balls in your ass, I am going to grind you into a tiny little candy and feed you to your brothers and sisters. Eat my dick! I, dude, I, I, you're, you're right, though, that I even feel motivated differently by Pokemon Go and, and, and much more into it than I am with 14, not just right now, but I think even in an overall general sense. And I just, I, I almost, I, I almost don't understand it because I should, I mean, maybe it's just fatigue. I don't know. I don't know. But the game designers need to be asking this question because I don't think I'm the only one. No. And here's the thing. I actually asked myself the other day. Um, I forgot what I was doing, but I was thinking about FF14 and maybe it's because I was finally going to be on the show again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was feeling bad because I, I haven't really played it all that much. And I'm like, sure. what could they do to get me back? Like if a new patch came out tomorrow with new tome gears. Right. I mean, obviously, I'd log in to do it, but would it, I want to? God, it almost feels like obligation right now, doesn't it? It really oh, does. God, then that's so sucks. much time and effort into it now. Oh, and that sucks. Oh, yeah. do I hate that? I I, I I feel like it's finally gotten to a breaking point. And you know what the final straw was? It was Deep Dungeon, Deep Dungeon. not living up. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Brainer, the reality of it... What? Go ahead. I'll... I was going to say the reality of it for me is I'm more willing to pick up FF11 mobile when it comes out than I am to pick up 14. Mm. And that's sad. Mm. That's kind of sad. It is sad. <laughs> Brainor, thanks for the call today. Uh, we uh, we appreciate it. And uh, hearing from a uh, uh, an FF11 exclusive uh, uh, player's perspective, uh, we appreciate that. Thanks, man. We, uh, we invite your calls. Limit Break Radio on Skype. 810-515-8715 LimitBreakRadio.com slash Discord if you'd like to join us on Discord. Uh, don't forget, we're coming, uh, hopefully, assuming that the connection stays stable, uh, we'll be back at 5 p.m. over at Twitch.tv slash Final Encountercast. We're going to be talking about not just Pokemon Go, but we're also oh. going to be talking about Pokemon Sun and Moon and the new Alolan forms uh that oh, yeah that have been coming s and m yeah <laughs> i'm down for that uh we're we're <laughs> gonna be talking for that we're gonna be oh, t- yeah <laughs> talking about that that's uh coming up o- next over on uh, twitch.tv slash final encounter cast and there's actually i mean there's a bit of an observation that uh i i i i'm i can't I can't say that this is my own observation, but I I picked up on this from a a YouTube video, and I can't even remember which video it was. But you know, there's if do you guys remember when when Red and Blue was out, when Pokemon Red and Blue was out, and and like we had only had it for maybe a couple of years, pre you know pre Gold and Silver, that there were all of these rumors and about Mew three, no, just Mew, just how to get Mew. At all, period, yep. and under the truck, under the truck, after the the ship leaves, yes, doing the glitch on the on the Nugget Bridge, yes, that one works by that the way. Way, I well, did it. yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, there were so many, and I mean, so many rumors and about how to get secret Pokemon. There were the 
pokey gods i mean there were tons there were blue pika blue yes exactly you could only get mew after beating the elite four a hundred times with with pika blue without turning off your system right Okay, so all of all of this insane shit. Why did that specifically swirl around red and blue? Because same same reason that we're giving to the reason that FF11 had the effects on us. It was the because early days of the re- internet. Restriction. That's part of it. And we that, didn't mm. know the difference between trolling and shit posting. No, well. That may be part of it, but what this video identified, and I didn't really think of it until then, was the fact that Pokemon was one of the first games to say, look, this is exclusive and we're not going to give you an easy out for how you can obtain it legitimately. There was the Mew glitch, right? So we knew that there was a way to glitch in a 151st Pokemon, and there was the missing no glitch. That even, even now, if you want Mew, but that exclusive, yeah, you, you the exclusivity, the exclusivity, and the actual fucking rarity. This is digital, uh, uh, digital, digital exclusivity, digital exclusivity put into practice, put into actual fucking practice in 1995, and yet we're sitting here saying, well, what's what's a good motivator? What's a good motivator? We've had good motivators in games for years. I mean, just sit down and take a look at a psychological, like, take a look at it from a psychological standpoint. What is your activator for wanting to play a game? You can still do it wrong, though. Yeah. PvP gear, the, uh, the, 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 the top, however many people get a furniture or get this ugly gear set, but it's like this this minute 1%. Right. It still has to seem attainable to yes, people. Yes, that too. That too. That's that's also a big one. Uh, let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Joe Never hanging on the line. What's up, Joe? Yo, what's up, dog? I love you, yeah, Joe! Joe! Joe. Yo. What's up, boys? Thanks for calling, man. We appreciate uh, hearing from you. our panties oh, at the screen. Of course. You should yeah. uh, check out uh, Joe Never's uh, channel over at twitch.tv slash Joe Never Fails, also on YouTube.com. Joe, thanks for calling the program. What's up, dude? Yo, I... Uh uh, I I had to call in today, man. I had to do it. All right, I had to call in. What, I got what? some things. I got some things to say. Now, now, Joe, much like Juxta, I understand you've also been playing FF11, but you don't have the same context for it that we had. This was your first time venturing Correct. into the world of Vonadil. Yes, and I am. I just want to throw it out there, like you guys are, like one of the big inspirations for me getting involved in Eleven, which is awesome. That's great. Um, a lot of the final, the current Final Fantasy fourteen community team has also like been very inspirational towards helping me like get involved in eleven. That's great. And I, number one, like as a fan of Final Fantasy, I feel like I have to, like I just have to. I feel like it's like such a large portion of the like fan base of this game's enjoyment and love of what like well, one section of uh, the world of Final Fantasy. Well, that, and, and like, I, also, I have to try it. I also feel like FF14's fan base is you know while it is diverse there is there's got to be a foundational bedrock of like half ff11 players you know what i mean like they i know that square enix retained a lot of people from ff11 to ff14 mm-hmm. 2.0 so yes so you know there there's that as well that if you really want to be able to 
you know, talk about the way that Square Enix develops and, uh, and approaches MMOs, I think that FF11 is an important context to have because it captures this really, like we were saying earlier, this very unique time in MMOs. Yes. And for a long time, like if I, from what my understanding and my research and from talking to fans and things like that, like Final Fantasy XI had this separate type of enjoyable, um, uh, I guess, world separate from like a lot of other things that were available at the time, uh, the beginnings of wow and, uh, Ultima online sure. and things like that. Sure. So for me personally, I'm listening to this, I'm listening to uh, L- uh, LBR today and I'm feeling compelled. I have to, I have some things I'm going to have to get off my chest here. Um, the, I would, number one, like I love 11 already. Like I'm level 22, level 22 or 23. And I haven't explored very much. Oh, I'm honey. very excited. And yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. We're not going to get, I'm not taking damn right yet. Okay. I know, I know it's a mountain. I'm looking at a mountain and I'm going to get there, but I'm excited. It's, it's, it's like a very short, I'm doing a very short, uh, short broadcast Sundays with my community. We're all doing it together. We're leveling in the dunes together. Like it's a really fun thing. So that's cool. A lot, oh, of, nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of nostalgia for people who have played before, get a chance to come through with me for the first time, which is fun, but yeah. that's separate. Okay. Like for me, I'm listening right now for me, I don't have any motivation to play 11 outside of love outside of experience outside of enjoyment and being able to talk about and share experience with friends of mine to participate in that final fantasy 11 world i get that 100 okay? percent. yeah sure I, I, so I, but that's, I also, that's my motivation at the same time i feel like that's that's a, a, a lot of me right now with 14 and again i don't okay. know whether to okay. chalk that up to fatigue or whether to to just i mean because it really is it feels like feels like this game and our audience and our community is kind of the only thing really rooting me to have a 14 at this point that's okay and i've had this conversation with you yeah uh, previously we had this conversation um now this is the the reason why i'm calling in is because the the thing that i heard the thing that i thought i heard you guys talking about briefly and touching on the point was was what does Square Enix have to do to keep me motivated into playing this game? And for me, the argument that I would make and the perspective that I take is where do I find my motivation in Final Fantasy 14? So it's not necessarily on that external, that external um, uh, stimulus prodding me, but me searching internally in myself for what do I, where am I going to find my enjoyment in this game because I love it, because I enjoy it. And well, I, but I think that that's that's indicative of every MMO and every player of every MMO. I so mean, you, what happens if you if you say, "All right, I know what it is. This is the thing that motivates me," and yes. it's not in the game, or there's not enough of it in the game. You've consumed what's there, right? Then, I, then, then that, that at that point, you have to. For me personally, you have to seek elsewhere. But at the same time. It's not justified to complain about it in Final Fantasy 14 unless I'm pursuing all paths to make or, and give a feedback loop to the company that's creating the game. Now, I will make one large example here, and you guys know with me for PvP. For PvP, I've been dramatically involved. We've done a lot of feedback back and forth, and they have implemented 
the suggestions that we have taken and we have taken the time to report and but give to PVP. Joe, now, Joe, you're you're a unicorn, dude. We've been doing this show for ten I know, years I know. and providing providing. I love not that. Ju- He's a unicorn. Like not just <laughs> you're a unicorn, the, man. Not just and not just providing feedback, but but breaking down into very granular discussions. The very, very fine points, the underpinnings of the way that this game operates. And and I mean, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and and try to, you know, bemoan the position that Square Enix puts us in. But we don't have any connection or development to the dev team over 10 years worth of input. So have you tried uh, more than a few times. Yeah, yeah. Do you we, want to get in touch with people? Because I'll get you guys in touch with people. I that, think this, this I, is, Joe, is we, I we don't want to like, ruin you, this for you. No, 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 Joe, I, I honestly, because you guys have, you guys have such a beautiful perspective, and you do have a connection to a large speaking population of this video game. But we and know, it, we it, know, it, it hits, it hurts me in the heart to know that you guys are not happy. With the current content, we know but, that they, but, we know that but. they listen. We know that the <laughs> the information that the criticism filters back to Square Enix. Yeah, yeah. that's a hundred. We know that we don't we don't need we don't need a, a, a PR exec sitting there saying, okay, well, I filtered your request. We we've I think we've made enough of an impact in the community to be able to feel that on when, our own. And when we were doing 1.0, yeah. we had uh, Matt Hilton on the show once, and, and he yeah. said there are people whose job it is yes. just to read Correct. forms and listen That's, to podcasts. Yeah. Those so. are the those are the people that I believe. Those are the types of people that there should be a communication opened up with. Like screw PR, screw marketing. I'm talking about the members of the community team that know where you're coming from, that know what you do in this community, that would appreciate your opinion. All right. Just because, just because, from my perspective, if let's just say, for example, for for a, in a hypothetical world, like they don't pay attention to LBR podcasts every weekend. You know what I mean? Like they don't listen to Reddit or they don't they don't watch the Reddit posts. They don't let's say they don't pay attention to that in the situation where like all of this types of conversation and all of these arguments and all of these very valid points and pertinent points that speak to both the 11 and 14 community are not being heard. Let's just say they are not being heard. What type of communication could you create that would allow that to happen? I think that's the, the thing that I'm trying to. I think this uh, is it. I think this is. I, I I sort of feel like you know, LBR in general is our attempt to be able to communicate with the development team. I mean, you know, back back in the eleven days. I mean, it's shocking now that we hear from community reps at all. Live letters. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything. I I mean, that shit was unheard of in 11. Hearing from or finding out that there was a North American community team was staggering. It was shocking. (laughs) What? It was shocking. Like, there are are people whose jobs it is to actually, like, update us on what's going on in this game. No. That's weird. Liar. But but here, and, and, and here's really the thing about it, is that, you know, like, for all our efforts to be to 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 be communicative and also to be um you know cuz I, I i also see our function as a show to not just promote whatever square enix is putting out there but to actually look at it and yeah, see it for what it is critically, critically yes 100%. And, and and be able to you know, address not only its successes, but its failures. Because I think when you address your failures, you end up, 
you end up getting closer to what you want. And I don't think that that's the direction that 14 has taken. I think it's gotten farther away from what its audience wants. And can we pin? I, I, I would just love well, to be able to pin down that, why that happened. Like that. The only reason why I'm, a big reason why I'm calling it is because I would fundamentally have to disagree with you at that point. At that exact point in this video game is because from for me, from my perspective as a as a number one first MMO player of, of any MMO and and a 14 a final fantasy 14 from the day one playing this video game i think that the community team the dev team and the production team everything about final fantasy 14 has changed in a in a huge way 100% towards catering towards what we want out of this video game specifically and i i would seriously I, seriously disagree at that point just I because don't, i don't take, think take a look take a look at everything that they've done man we got we've got 24 man raids we've got more pvp they listen to us twice they listen to the entire community of this community of this game twice about the severity of rating they talked about the uh, level of scale of rating they talked about the the tomes they talked they changed the amount of tomes they changed the type of gear that we get from the game they added in all these new systems for every other for everyone outside of raiders they made it more accessible made it 100% more accessible. We've but got so many different tiers of crafting and gathering. What I, mean, I feel the problem like, there is then, and, and actually this is the same problem that I ended up having with WoW. There was so much stuff to do. If you're into all of it, that's great. You have a ton of content to do, right? If you're only into a little bit of it here and there, though, the more content they come out with, the more diluted everything else gets. I mean, the oh, fact that we used and, to get not three only, dungeons per update, now we get two. Not only that, okay. not only that, but the way that they structure this is that no one ever gets left behind. No one okay. ever gets left behind. They keep pushing the entire community stats along to the point where there's no, there's almost no need to catch up if you've been gone for three months. There, there is, there is, and there, there is a, there is. Um, there, the thing that they're doing is they're making it easy to stay relevant, and they're they're provoke they're provoking players to continue playing the game. If you are not playing the game, you will see a difference. You will see a, a setback. You will see a difference in DPS. It's objective. Like it's objectively not true, Joe. And it, the reason the reason that I say that is because for, first of all, because I have not, I've barely logged in in four weeks and when i do and i run dungeons or macaque i don't struggle i don't struggle but to i don't struggle to keep up i don't struggle with any part of it i don't struggle you're also you're, you're also you're not raiding and that's that's a large portion of what this community and what no what it's not that's a us. it's a fractional it's it's a fractional part of this community that gives a shit about rating okay it's it's not a majority of this community gives a shit about rating and that's part of the problem is that the rewards that you get from that kind of stuff are only applicable in that one direction and if you're not tuned in in that direction then there's really not a whole lot for you after you've done your weekly resets mm -hmm. I, I, it's the, the only reason why I make that argument and argue against it is because the the things that occupy my time and the, 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 for a player who is striving to be better at this game, there's a difference between a player who's content with what you were given and there's a player that's striving to be better at the game. And it's usually that it is a much smaller percentage of the people. But if you are not content with what this game is giving you. Where are you going to look? Are you going to look at another of game? Going? At another game, and Why? that. But that's that's now that, that. This is that's why the crux of the this problem. Is, this is 
this is why I'm arguing this with you right now is why would you why would you seek enjoyment in another game when you could raid when you could do more pvp when you could play or you could do a, or learn another class level another class learn how to play another class because it doesn't matter gather in final fantasy 14 because it doesn't matter why, does, why would you just be casual at another game then? it does because because uh, the only thing that i care about in ff14 is dark knight i don't care about any other job it's the only job i've ever cared about in any final fantasy game going back as far as i liked final fantasy games i could give a fuck less about being a botanist or a fucking and i agree with you on that weaver I agree with you on or that or a dragoon <laughs> i i actively get angry when i have to play another job other than dark knight I but actively do you, resent do you, do you it. See, do you see how speaking, speaking from, coming from the, the, from the perspective of I only play Dark Knight and I'm not going to raid, I am not content with the amount of gameplay that Square Enix gives me, is somewhat of a, of a very, like, uh, of even smaller percentage or an All right, even well, no, answer, I absolutely, answer me this I, then, Joe. If you think that raiding is such a big part of it, why are there only ever four fights at a time? Look at any other MMO's end game, and you get so much more. Look at any raid in WoW. The fact there's like twelve I'm, I'm not, to fifteen bosses. I'm not saying bosses. that raiding is a is a big part of it. I'm saying that raiding is another part, and it's the next part. That's that's the the part that I'm talking about. Now, in in addition to raiding, there's PVP. And, it, and we all know the issues that PvP is in Final Fantasy XIV. It's not the main issue. It's not anywhere near like the top idea for what Square Enix wants to create for this game. But it's another level of competition. It's another level of entertainment from fine, the game. Fine, fine. Make those things not feel like a chore. Make them... They're not. They they're, are. They're work. They, they're but work. they are. No, they're... They're, they're work. They're a chore. The, cho- the for chores me. are your dailies. The chores are your weeklies. Work and striving to be better at this game is in raiding and in PvP. It's, but it's not. The PvP is not fun for me. Okay. Raiding is not fun for me. What is this game okay. offer? What is this game offer? If it's an MMO, I never experienced this in the fourteen years that I played eleven, and that's the crux of this conversation i never felt this playing 11 i was forced out of 11 by another game taking up my attention okay i never i never i never divested from 11 in the way that i feel myself divesting from 14 and and the the problem is that it, and and I think that you said this it, this was like one of the first things that you said Joe was that you have to provide your own motivation. Yeah. And in terms of game design that is terrible game design to say well it's contingent solely on you to find your motivation. It can't be. It absolutely can't be. Well, there has to be it's, some. It's, it's not solely on me. Like there's, I get the best gear in the game. I get the best weapons in the game. I get the best accessories. But how long have you had them? Or what are you, wor- Joe? What are you working yeah. on right now? What are you personally for your character for your dragoon? What are you working on right now? My dragoon's best in the game. Exactly. I can't work on anything else? Congratulations. So what do you use it for? You PVP some people. You go do some no, raids, and then I can't that's use it. That gear for PVP. There's other gear for PVP. Then, then what are you doing? I, honestly, I'm, like I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I every single week I log in and I complete a five through a eight on Tuesdays, and I broadcast that and I show the community for anybody who's interested in raiding. These are what the raids look like. They're extremely difficult. That's this is cool. the level of coordination that's required. And if you're interested in, you can ask us questions in here. So, that, so you, you that play it once a week. A, 
it's a showcase of one night a week on the hardest content in Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, for a player that's playing at a casual level or, or interested in playing at an above average level, they can reach out and use the resources of the community that we created that su- that supports and appreciates that content. Okay. Then from there, we've got PVP, which is so many people, like probably the smallest percentage of one of the smallest communities in Final Fantasy 14 plays PVP and enjoys PVP. So I broadcast PVP and we talk about PVP. I talk about how you can get involved, what what what's cool for your class how to use the skills, how do you level, what's the best way to level right now, what's popping, when should I pop, when should so, I play. So at the, end, at the end of the day, it's your stream and 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 interacting with the people in your stream no, that's, that's motivating that's you. It's that's not actually separate. the event itself. The, what I am actively striving on in this game right now is I'm leveling my monk. I'm getting my gear up for my monk. So I'm actively looking for... I'm actively rating to get gear for my monk and I'm actively rating to get gear for my tanks. I'm actively rating to get gear for my other classes so that in the event that in the event that something happens in my raid static, which is happening, like some of the players that are coming in or swapping out, if somebody can't make it to a certain um, to a certain time, I could play a class that could fill in for that. So it's not just Dragoon. Like, yes, I main Dragoon, but I also have a 240 Ninja. I that's, have a 236 Monk. Like, I have fine. to be able to Dude, play those classes. That, that's, that's, that's fine, though. I have, I, I, have, I have no desire to do that. And, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, and it's funny because I, I feel like, you know, people come to the channel and they try to, quote, unquote, call us out for, you know, what any number of of uh you know of of things whether it be we don't raid or we don't play all the aspects of the game you're right joe you're right you're right i am not look i am not an expert on this game i i never have been i never want to be i don't strive to be that i don't strive to be the best ff14 player i don't strive to have the most accurate podcast for those of you out there in the audience that actively look up to a nero i'm gonna tell you right now stop don't look up to me <laughs> don't respect me I, I have i have willfully opened up this mic and openly disrespected many members of this community without even really a reason i have uh, no reason idiot. i have no reason to elicit your respect half the time you listen to me but yet you give it to me and i don't understand sometimes i don't understand why i have no desire to be the best at this game i have no desire to even beat out anyone else at this game you know what the, you know what i am at the end of the day you know what is encoded into my dna i'm a broadcaster i am a yes. rad, i am yes. a radio host and yes. and the thing the thing that that I want to do at the end of the day that I want to spend all of my time thinking about and doing is how to make a good radio show and okay. it just so happens that I also give a shit about Final Fantasy whether it be 11 and 14 and it's something that I like to talk about all of these expectations that you've got to be X to be able to sit in the chair and do the show is all nonsense so I'm coming at it from probably your average player's perspective that is only somewhat invested in the game. And I'm even I even sit here and I will admit I'm far more invested because I do this show. And if I'm sitting here as a host of a podcast that should that has an external reason for wanting to be invested in this game and I am struggling to find the fun that's not a problem with me it's a systemic problem with the game and you can see it in the numbers that have been leaving 
that is it is objective numbers have been dwindling server populations have been dwindling nobody liked deep dungeon that did not give the community the injection of enthusiasm or numbers that we desperately desperately needed from three lackluster patches so from I, I mean I don't feel like I'm coming at this from the perspective of a podcast host even if I am that even that's to me that's even more of a damning indictment on Square Enix's development patterns the 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 only only and I you're right you're right on every point that you make you're right on every single point the the only thing that I would encourage anybody and everybody over at LBR to consider the point is that and I know you're coming from this and it's all, it's from your opinion. It's from your perspective. It is from the amount of effort that you put into the game. But there are, there, there are people that, that look up to you. There are people that listen to this broadcast. And there are also people that have never heard of final fantasy before who search for final fantasy 14 broadcasts on Twitch on Sundays. And to, to hear from the, from the perspective of a player that only logs in weeklies on dark night, and to hear that there is no content in this game, that this game is failing, that there's nothing to do, I'm not having fun, is only only one angle of one perspective of this game. Exactly. I, well, I, I, and I and I've and never I, I I've never claimed from. I've never claimed to speak for anybody except myself. It, your voice is, is allowed and it carries a lot of weight in this community. Oh, I, 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 I realize you know that. that. I realize you know that. But that. At, and at, but at the same time, I feel like it, you know. If there are players, I, I, I can't be the only one to feel like this. I've, I've taken, I've You're taken not. the temperature of you know the rest of the people in the room. I, you know, like I feel like. You, you've got to talk about it because otherwise you're doing a commercial for FF14, and, and, and that, that's not time, what I want. Yes, they they yes. don't pay us to do that. No, but at the same time, you are making somewhat of a living and an income from this community. So at, for it to be a solid member of this community and to also be making an income off of it and to talk shit about it and not be putting in the full effort for me is something that I want to discuss because I, I know for a fact, I know for a fact in my heart, if you took the time to play a fucking lame ass dragoon and went through the systems of dying and the AOEs and fucking, it'd be great. And it would be really, really crazy. And I know, I know everybody listening to this would have a blast. All right. Okay. Explain to me why I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) I had to level dragoon to 60 because of the bet. And dude, I'm sorry. I hated every literal second of it. Yeah. I didn't even finish the job quest. Now, now again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna because uh, because Joe, uh, you know, bringing up that that we do make a certain amount of income uh, from doing the show, and we do because of your generosity over at Patreon.com/slash/LimitBreakRadio. But you know, the thing that you've got to remember, you know, first of all, we we've been doing the show for ten years, so it's hard yeah. it's hard to to work up the level of enthusiasm and the level of positivity that maybe, you know, because, and you had said at the beginning of your conversation that, you know, yeah. this is your first MMO. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, it's a lot easier this is to... This FF11. Yeah, I know, right? That, that's, that's, that, that's the real thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was what, what, what was your, was 11 your guys' first MMO? No, not by a long time. It shot. was my okay, first. Okay, so what other, what other games were you playing at that same time? You know, as you guys have been having this, this, this conversation and 
Joe talking about finding in a game what what keeps you motivated. I've realized that between the two main ones that I played, which was FF11 and uh, and World of Warcraft, I played both of those for, for completely separate reasons. Exactly. Okay. In Final Fantasy XI, like you, you're just a Dark Knight. Yeah. I was a thief. Right. I mean, I leveled Ranger in, in Black Mage, but right. thief was the only thing that I cared about. Sure. That's what I did. And while I didn't do like bleeding edge ground kings and stuff, I did Sky. I did Selvage. I got very far in Selvage. And, and I did see. I did everything as a thief. Dude, and, and there were people who were able to develop repu- reputations in their chosen lane. Yes. If, you know, like there were people who had amazing dark knights, amazing thieves that like you couldn't even begin to mm-hmm. want, to, you know, like you couldn't even entertain the idea of touching the level that they were on. But you look at at their participation in another area of the game they you know they don't do puppet massive you know what i mean like like, so to to, it's it's kind of interesting to note that with ff14 i feel like to be considered a quote-unquote good player you have to have a really well-rounded knowledge base in almost everything you need to have a real good knowledge base in most of the events and most of the jobs and the underpinnings of how all of your you know all of the uh rotations fit together and all of that that you know someone like mr happy that's that's seen as an expert here in this field but but in ff11 he's also a huge outlier he's a huge outlier but in ff11 you didn't have that you had you had people that i mean the game was so so much bigger and so much broader that you had people who could specialize in an area I mean, Mithri is also another outlier where yep. he's doing yep. just crafting stuff. But you had people who played that game for almost eight years only doing crafting. I think that if Mithri only did crafting, he could probably get another, I don't know, year, year and a half out of this game for in terms of enjoyment. But there were people who played FF11 for seven, eight years that got enjoyment out of nothing but crafting. And and I, I just don't know what the difference is. Like, what's the difference in present? I th- part of it is frustration with 14 because I feel mm-hmm. like, God damn it, you guys should be delivering on the same you know the same uh, uh, engaging content that that I had and I can't exactly put my finger on why it doesn't. And you're not going to be able to because well, my second point with World of Warcraft the only thing I cared about was leveling each character to max class but I, I don't want to do that in Final Fantasy. No. Yeah. I don't. I, I like playing Ninja. Right. Machinist seems cool. Right. I don't want I, 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 I don't want <laughs> to play anything else like Joe you know you tell us you know try to get into rating try to get in PvP we've done those things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The idea of rating bores me to death. I haven't done any of the new primals because the idea of doing the exact same telegraphed fight over and over and over again doesn't appeal to me one iota. Well, I, I, well you do you do you do you log in for your weekly dungeons and you do your you do your dungeons every single week. Not anymore because I because they don't get me anything. I have all my lore gear. Right. I, I just I don't I it's I don't understand. I don't understand. That, and but that's fine. Or, I mean there are people out there who know, aren't suffering from this problem and yeah, I wish yeah. I wish that I had whatever it is that you have, right. Joe. Yeah, and, and for I a while know, I did. For a while I did. Yeah. I mean nobody else was playing it. I was doing my relic. I'm like, I'm gonna be the first LBR host to complete every stage of the relic. <laughs> yep. And then even that <laughs> fell off. Why are you laughing for, at me, for, Joe? Because <laughs> yeah, the relic is ridiculous. I, I the relic is ridiculous. But, but it, for, it, for me, for me, like I I'll be honest with you guys, like the thing and i i have criticisms you know what i mean like i'm not i'm not this i'm not just this this guy who thinks everything is fucking hunky-dory with final fantasy 14 you right. know what i mean like i'm i am very happy with the 
the things that they just brought out with for PVP. This is something that we've been looking forward to for for years as a PVP community. The dueling will come out in final in 3.4, which is fucking huge, I think, for us as PVPers. But at the same time, like like there is a clear change of perspective from the development staff of this game after year one and year two oh, yeah. into this third year. And you guys know this. I've talked about this. I brought this up. Nika brought this up and De Niro followed it up uh, brilliantly. The, the third, the not last time, the time before that, the time before that I called in. Um, it's a huge, it's a huge change in, in shift in the content that we're getting from a business standpoint from Square Enix, where we are getting only two, only two dungeons mm-hmm. per patch. Mm-hmm. And we are only getting this and this. And it's, it is a, it is a, a more lax, um, uh, perspective from the content that we're getting after they dug themselves out of the hole of the original release of Final Fantasy XIV, right? Which it, which is where I will agree one hundred percent. Where I am also frustrated with the perspective that Square Enix takes, but at the same time, they're they 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 are still they're listening a lot more. No, they're listening I, and I, a lot more. I agree. I agree with you on that point, Joe. And and I also you know I I, I also want to kind of qualify a lot of the tone that's been presented on this episode just because i'm frustrated with the existing product i mean mmos are intrinsically by their nature change all the time and that's one of the best things about them is that you know we're just potentially one patch away from having a lot of these Things answered. Uh, you know, a lot of these One issues ad- can just address change exactly. so much. Exactly. So that uh, that's part of what keeps me hanging on. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not trying to sit here and say don't play, don't log mm-hmm. in, or right. or cancel your account, or you know pick at Square Enix. I'm not saying any of that. What uh, the, I mean, really, you know, the if if I had to to craft a thesis behind this episode, it would be what did FF11 do that 14 is not doing because I feel it because I feel a difference between 11 and 14 and it's been three years now since we've had the reboot of 14 and I feel like now is an appropriate time to ask that question what yeah. what did this game do to capture my heart that it still does because I still feel it when I go back right right and but here's the other thing too it doesn't necessarily have to do exactly what 11 did it is still a no. different yes. it is still right. a different game right. and sitting here listening to you two talk right i just realized what the difference is we all want our games to be better than they are okay we are all yeah. constantly putting our opinions out there communicating in some way what we want to change absolutely the reason that joe is still connected and you are not still connected is joe is seeing positive changes in the area that he wants them to be and that is keeping him there sure we have been waiting for some type of changes either in the raidish environment the rewards environment we were banking on diadem it was a letdown. We were banking on Deep Dungeon, and it was a letdown, yeah. and that's driving us away. Yeah. And obviously, like you said, we still love the game. We still want to play the game. But I think what's happening here, what the big difference between Joe is and what the difference between us is, is that he is actively seeing something change that's keeping him there, and we feel like stagnant. we're stagnant. Yeah. yeah, like we're not getting what we need or what we would like to get. I, I, and and every. I think the big thing to, to keep in mind here is we know that you can't make everyone happy. Right. And at this particular moment, we just happen to be in that subset of unhappy players. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and at least to the, to, you know, why, why do an episode like this? Uh, I, I mean, I've, again, I just feel like not talking about it 
is far more disingenuous than being yeah. a little bit negative on an episode. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with being negative. It's not, you know, it's not part of my job. It's not part of my bottom line to, to sell units for Square no. Enix. If they wanted no. to do that, they can buy ad time on this show. But, <laughs> wink, wink. But that's not. I, I wish that was part of my bottom line, too, because I'd be a great one. But it's not. It's but that's not my priority, though. It's it's no. not my priority to do a commercial for FF14. What my priority is, is to try to talk about what is going on in this game. And the thing that I'm seeing and maybe this is just my narrow perspective. And the thing that I'm seeing is a lot of people hitting the door. I'm seeing a lot of people leave and a lot of people complaining that they're just not engaged. Yeah, and, I'll try next patch. Right. And, and, and I'm starting to feel some of that, too. And so I feel like asking the question and getting that all out and, and, and you know, airing your grievances mm-hmm. is far more you know far more real and genuine than to say yeah i'm not quite kind of into it but we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about lords of verminion this episode guys you know like whoop, 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 whoop. yeah it, it, <laughs> I, I, I i i you know i i really appreciate the the conversation joe because i i think that you expressed a lot of things that you know, someone who doesn't agree with our tone or that doesn't agree with our assessment of the game right now, I think that they would be probably closer to your assessment of the game. And I think that it's good to have that that discussion represented in this discussion. And you want to know what's Absolutely. really cool is that we're all still friends. Oh, yeah. The, the, that's the, see, this is my thing. This is the big, big thing for me is like I know I know your guys perspective and it's I've, I've been I've been involved with. I've been a listener. I've been a caller. I've been, I've met you guys at FanFest. I'm looking forward to giving y'all big hugs at FanFest this year. Hell yeah. For me, for me, I, I know the perspective that you guys take and that's, that's, that's it. Everybody has their own perspective and opinion. I, I, I really firmly believe that there, there is more fun in this game to be had than where you're having right now. And if that's, if it's not in terms of content, it's in terms of community, the people that you're playing with one way or the other, like I, I find for me, like, the biggest thing that still draws me to this game is finding finding people of equal and greater level than me and constantly, constantly trying to improve. That's the, the way that I the way that keeps me 100 percent grounded in this game is if it's not if it's not on my Dragoon, then it's playing another class and getting better to another sure. class and talking to somebody that knows more than me and picking their brain and asking them about the hours that they've spent in a different direction that I've spent and how we can continually get better for me. That's the way that that's what really keeps me in. But at the same time, like I just from playing a very small amount of final fantasy 11, like I'd, I'd like to see more of like an, a less linear open, like more, more customizable and unique way to play final fantasy 14. Because even me, like I am, I, I, I analyze the pattern. Hey guys, we got two dungeons over here, right? We've got this quest over here. Let's go do it. When it's done, we farm it once a week. You know what I mean? It's like very straightforward. It's very much so on a silver platter. And it does it out, outside of outside of the very small percentage of content that is rating. There is not much that keeps me driven. Like, I, and it is you know twelve to fourteen hours a week when it's new rating content. But mm-hmm. outside of that, we we rate for three hours a week, and then 
And then I'm leveling other classes until they're done. And what happens when they're done? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, what happens What happens when they're done? That's a great question. You know? Joe, thank you so much for calling, Love man. It's uh, It's been fantastic to talk to you. Uh, yeah. Again, twitch.tv slash Joe Never Fails. Also on YouTube. Is it youtube.com slash Joe Never Fails? It, it's youtube.com slash user slash Joe Fails 09. There you go. Joe Fails 09. Joe, thanks so much for calling, man. We I really, love you guys. We really appreciate the perspective. Can't wait to hang out with you at fan fest homie hell yeah all right man uh so that uh pretty much takes care of uh, all of our time but before we go uh we we don't have a scalia here today nope so we've got uh Kahlo filling in giving us the update to the fffl Well, good afternoon, FFL fans everywhere. Week one is in the books, and it certainly was not without controversy. (laughs) Wasting no time. GM Kahlo is once again the subject of investigation. This time, league officials are looking into an attempted surrender of the match between the Edelweiss Avengers and the Super Senpai Megaforce. Follow the rules. After extensive investigation examination of gambling patterns, the league has cleared GM CERN of all wrongdoing, and his victory for the week will stand. While there was no collusion, an attempted surrender was found to not be in line with the competitive nature of the league, and the Avengers have been promptly punished. Get owned! Brand and Royal Ackbell have been removed from their act roster and sent to the waiver wire while Biggs and Wedge have been enlisted to fill their slots. Now, specifically, that's Final Fantasy 7 Biggs and Wedge. I got some dead people for you, Juxtapone. <laughs> How exciting. Now, on to the results from the week. The Super Senpai Megaforce apparently took the attempted surrender as a snub as they decimated the Avengers in our largest margin of the victory of the week. Damn. AKA, they stole through the match. They just pretended. <laughs> the Blob T-Rex are successfully invaded Limsa Lominsa, taking the win over the Melusine Marauders. The missing member... Wow, that's a weird name. <laughs> the missing, yeah, that's that's a, it's like a a bar, pub, or whatever. Oh, the missing member. Yeah. I feel like someone's just missing a cock. <laughs> Lived up to its name as protagonist may <laughs> may as well have not shown up this week. The Chickabos take the win over the Red Wings. Titans Banana Hammock got off to a strong start as they were looking for coming off last season, winning their season opener against El Negro Grande. 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 Beambo Mexicano. Beambo USA had a rough week for the first season, though fans are still trying to figure out how they lost to a swarm of dead marbles. <laughs> 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 Woo! The Verminion Lords, sponsored by Don uh, Molsom, the choice of the previous generation, pick up the win to go 1 0. <laughs> uh, the uh, Verminion Lords would like to dedicate this win to uh, the Manderville Gold Saucer. You can play uh, Lords of Verminion at your local Manderville Gold Saucer. <laughs> On the waiver wire this week, Fran, Robel Akbell, Steiner, Cypher, Galoof, Setzer, Vincent, Riku, Eco, and Aldo. And the waiver order this uh, time is Juxta, Papa Woody, Kahlo Gordor, Mad Hatter, Escalia, Surin, Aniro, Melky, and Nika. Waivers must be submitted to Escalia by 12 a.m. Tuesday. There you go. And uh, finally, coming up this week, the Chickabos face their first road test of the season as they head across town to face off with the Melisine Marauders. Titans Banana Hammock will leave the safety of the Naval as they journey to the Balam Garden Training Center for a match with the T-Rexars. The Red Wings continue their opening road trip, this time heading over to the Rogue's Den Fight Club to take on the Edelweiss Avengers. And fresh off their win this week, the Super Senpai Megaforce prepares the Chaos Shrine for a home game against the Verminion Lords. And the Midgar Slums are going to be jumping this week as Beambo USA comes to town to take on the home team, El Negro Grande. Remember guys to head over to the blog at LimitBreakRadio.com on Tuesday night for the weekly update and vote 
votes go out over the Limit Break Radio Twitter. And definitely not the Escalia Twitter. Escalia. <laughs> They're not just simply retweets. They go out over the goddamn Twitter account. Inappropriate. Is that it? That's it. All right. Well, there you go. That's your FFFL update. Uh, make sure to check LimitBreakRadio.com and follow at LimitBreakRadio to be able to vote in the FFFL. Uh, that's going to do it here for the show today. We got a lot of emails our last episode. We got a shit ton of emails, and I'm a little bit disappointed that we weren't able to get to any of them today, although I do think that that conversation with Joe definitely made up for it. Mm-hmm. It's not often that we get somebody calling in and and sort of disagreeing with us or even trying to challenge us and hold us down to why we, we have that's that opinion. That's the thing was the whole time he was actually pushing back absolutely yes. and and i respect that i respect the hell out of that and and he's uh you know he clearly has uh you know his own opinions that are well thought out and uh well reasoned and uh yeah you know we don't we don't know everything about this game we don't we don't claim to speak for the entire community we don't even try to speak for the entire community we really just sort of speak for ourselves and that's always what we've had the intention of we've always just really seek to speak for ourselves and if you happen to agree that's great and if you don't that's also great and we allow you to call the show just like joe did today uh but you're wrong but and 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 we'll be we'll be uh ready to tell you why you're thoroughly wrong so uh that's gonna do it here for the show today guys i want to thank you so much for joining us live here at twitch.tv slash limit break radio a huge shout out to cecilia dianastasio for joining us and uh, make sure you go check out her kotaku article about why ff11 was so challenging and how it brought us together as a community fantastic thank you to cecilia also thank you to my crew we got uh special guest kyle landis we got papa woody (laughs) hanging out we've also got uh uh, we've also got Kooky Persona, who's been answering the phones, as well as uh, Escalia and Nika, who couldn't join us today, but are and here in spirit. <laughs> and also thank you to Kahlo for showing up today, and to Juxta. You show up most of the time, but you can show up less. Anyway, <laughs> I'm an hero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Today's episode was produced by Kahlo Landis, Escalia Rayumasa, and Aniro Grigori. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Captain Failboat, Zurian Urexen, Azura Giacho, Bianca Forwin, Kalina Ashsaber, Thor Carson, My Waifu, Satori Komeji, Darbykins, Sakura-chan, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at facebook.com slash Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. Mm-hmm.